Hey guys, before we get started, this episode of Beer and Other Shit, the podcast is brought to you by High Season Co., a social media agency with over a decade of marketing experience who are crafting the way brands are perceived online. These guys aren't just marketers, they're liquid enthusiasts, craft beer nerds, hip-hop heads, and Gary Vee disciples. So is your social media looking tired? Are you having trouble getting to your customers? High Season can make it happen. Check them out, highseasonco.com. That's highseasonco.com. Now let's drink some beers. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Are you a brewhead? I'm a brewhead. Y'all a brewheads? Yeah, we brewheads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C-Certified Brewhead, and welcome to episode 110 of Beard Out of the Podcast. And, mate, this afternoon, or this evening, I guess, we are in Colorado Springs, Colorado, of course, with Kevin, owner, and Sean, manager of Trails End Tap Room. Gentlemen, thank you for having us. Thank you. So you guys are doing something that I would argue that most of the listeners and or viewers would never have seen or heard about before. Would you be able to kindly explain what the deal with this wonderful establishment is? Yeah, yeah. We're Trails in Tap Room, so Trails in Tap Room is kind of the end of the trail, and we're a pour your own beer uh, place. So we have yes. forty taps of pour your own beer. Very cool. Um, we have beer, wine, cider, kombucha, um, and uh, was, was it like nitro brew, cold brew coffee or something? Did I say uh, that? Sometimes it depends on the season. Sometimes we have nitro cold brew coffee, so uh, or sometimes we just have a nitro tap. So. Amazing. Oh, nitro of something. Yeah, yeah, a nitro beer. Amazing. So what we figured, like half the fun of this, and like generally, as you guys would know, during a podcast, we would sort of pre-prepare the beer or sometimes the guests would go and fetch it and then whatever. But we would be remiss if we didn't participate in this uh, glorious experience ourselves. Also, by the way, we went to Outer Range yesterday, Yay. noticing your hat. <laughs> we, were, we were told by uh, a couple people. Yeah. And also uh, Troy Casey from Casey Brew. We met with him and he was like, go there. And we had it last night. Fire haze. Hazy awesomeness. We actually yes. pick up beer from them and uh, bring it to our place. So we're the nice. only place in Carter Springs that has it. Really? Because it's so good. Amazing. They're, uh, yeah, I'm super, super impressed. Yeah. So, as you guys can see, we've got the 40 taps here. Um, so, first step. First step in pouring your own beer is you have to rinse your glass. Rinse the glass. Let's yeah. rinse. Perfect. Bam. Okay. All so... Right. Where's, where's the camera? There it is. Okay. So basically, when you come in the establishment, you present your ID. Yep. And you procure a card. And this card gives you access to the beer that is charged by the ounce. Yep. Okay. And you've separated the 40 taps into very easy to follow kind of uh, style suggestions. So I guess it's hoppy over there, which is where we're going to be going. We've got light, multi-dark. Um, what's the special? Is it just like a... Uh, sometimes there, that one's like a cucumber one. And oh, cool. we have a pumpkin one. And so... Like sours or just like seasonals? Seasonal. Uh, summer seasonal, summer just unique ones. And then the sours are pure, just sour. Okay. So sometimes our fruit beer is down there as well, too. Oh, so the, right, the sour? Beers. Okay. And then our of course, specials. I think the kombucha was around the corner there. Kombucha's down there. And we have ciders. Cider, that's there. what it was. And uh, we always have a gluten-free line, too. Very cool. What do you usually run for gluten-free? Is it local stuff? Or? Uh, we mix it up just like everything we do here. So sometimes it's a, there's a local brewery that does great gluten-free, and there's some several in the state that do really good gluten-free, and a few out of state we do. So Fantastic. Um, it's a go. dedicated line, too, for gluten-free. So it's been since day one, it's been a dedicated gluten-free line. So it can never be contaminated right. with anything, which is super key. I love right. it. Um, as well, I notice a lot of these are local, Colorado 
yep. is that something that you guys sort of focus on? Yeah, we try to run uh, 80% Colorado beer. We try to run four or five taps that are always uh, local Colorado Springs beers. The idea is when you come in, it's kind of a beer festival and you can taste stuff from all over the state without having to drive around the state to Fantastic. And because, what is it now? It's like Monday, the Monday of the GABF week. Uh, unfortunately, you guys won't hear this for a little bit, so well, bad luck if you didn't get to make it. But you guys have a whole bunch of uh, GABF, GABF special beer that uh, you're about to roll out too. Yes, we partnered with a few distributors, so we got uh, some <laughs> kegs that are only going to be at GABF. We're brought in specialty for the event. So cool. Hopefully, some will win some prizes and we can say we served them. Yes. Yeah, we just went to the fridge before. There's a whole bunch there that... Uh, and when's your event? It's on the 22nd, right? Uh, we actually started tomorrow and oh, we'll run yet? the whole week. Of, oh, wow. Yeah, so, so just, there's some that'll make it on, which keep adding on throughout the week. So. That's like, like as they kick, yep. just replace them? Yep. Yeah. All right. So let's get a beer. What are you guys going to start with? I think I'm going to start with a lager. Yeah. I'm yeah. Enjoy high you. hops, uh, cold one lager. I'm interested in that. Is that a, that's a local one, Windsor? Yeah, from Windsor, Colorado. They grow a lot of their own ingredients up there at High Hops, too. Okay. Interesting brewery up there in Windsor, Colorado. They actually have a nursery where you can actually go and buy hops and buy other uh, uh, plants there at the brewery itself. Wow, that's unique. Indeed. And what you just did there, you tapped the screen, so... I did tap the screen. I can tap the screen to uh, get some information about that particular beverage. Sometimes I like tasting the beer and then looking to see if my taste buds are kind of going with what the description of the brewer has put uh, on, the, uh, on the information. Okay. So sometimes when we have individuals come in, we'll taste test, smell, taste, and then look to kind of see if their taste buds are kind of going along with that. Okay. But to help, uh, to help some individuals to determine their beer, they can just touch the logo, get a little information about that to see if uh, that's to their liking. Okay. And I guess technically, because it's charged by the ounce, it'll weigh the amount of beer so it comes out. Yeah, so on the back side, we have a meter um, at the keg level, so the liquid will flow through the meter, and it knows how many ounces flowed through that meter. Um, and then each one's actually priced individually per ounce, um, and you're charged per tenth of an ounce that comes out. So if you pour right. just a tenth or two tenths of an ounce, then that's all you pay for. Gotcha, so if you wanna have a little quick swish in yep. your glass, Yep. You're good to go. So technically, you could pour an ounce of everything on the wall and, and try, try all 40 yep. products. Okay, another really cool thing you guys showed me earlier is this little bar on the side. Yep. Um, so, tell us about that one. So this bar is our, our keg levels because we know how much beer comes in on the uh, is in a like keg from ounce. And we calibrate it, and as ounces pour, yeah, the so, cool. so we know exactly what our keg levels are on all of them. So uh, and from the outside, we can know when they're getting low. Um, so sometimes sad. people are like, oh, I want that one, but I'll drink it later. And we can say, yeah, I'll uh, drink it now if I you. Better. That is like honestly one of like every, every brewery should have this. Did you, without getting too deep, because I know we're just trying to pour, but did you guys have to have this custom made or is this some sort of like a No, there's, there's several uh, companies in the U.S. <clears throat> that make technology like this. Uh, so we're buying it uh, from a company called I Pour It. Okay. Um, and they... They have multiple locations they've done throughout the United States. Right. Amazing. Well, let's pour a beer. Yeah. yeah. So, Sean, you're going to go the uh, yeah. apps? Yeah. So, some, yeah. some rules when you do it. Yes. Um, make sure you touch your card to the logo. Okay. Light turns green. When you do it, hold your glass at a 45-degree angle, pull the handle all the way. Some people feather in because they they've never poured before. Yeah. And they get a lot of air in there. So, pull the handle all the way and then uh, shut it off when you decide what you want. All right. 
All right, let's do this. Let's do it. So Sean so is now tap tapping his card. card. Green light. I'm ready Green to up pour. Bam. Look at it. Perfect nice, pour. beautiful pour. Oh, it's glorious. <laughs> A little sniff. Mmm, taste. Cheers. Cheers, beautiful. <laughs> what are you gonna go? I have to go IPA. You're gonna go straight to IPA? I have to, yeah. You know what, well, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna join Sean in this one because right. I would like a, uh, a nice little crispy boy, as we call them. Damn, look at that. Yes. See, sometimes it's hard, like, how much do you want? Like, do you want to do? I'd say about that, that's pretty good. Bam, look at that, got your name on the screen and everything. Yeah, and what it tells you is uh, how much you just last poured and mm -hmm. how much you total poured for throughout the night. Okay. And that's um, ounces. That's ounces, yeah. And then after 32 ounces, which is two beers, it'll actually shut you off. Um, and then you have to find a staff member. Um, and it's since we don't have a bartender watching how much people are consuming, oh. it's our way of knowing, uh, just hey, checking in I, with you every once in a while. Yeah. And that's a legal requirement? Uh, that's like part of our deal with how we are our liquor license here. So it makes complete sense. Yeah, I didn't think about that because people could just be like, ah. Right. Because if they're drinking uh, 32 ounces, say, of 7 or 8% or even a 15%, yeah. you know, we have to kind of, you know, just a little checkpoint. I want, want everybody to have fun, but be responsible <laughs> in the process. <laughs> that much fun. To have, yeah, to, to be responsible yeah. in the process. You know. That's a good question then. Um, if it is a high ABV beer, does it get cut off earlier than the 32 ounces? Yeah, we have two things we can do with that. Well, one is we can calibrate it and tell the tap system it's actually wine. So if it's around a 15% um, and it burns your 32 ounces at a faster rate. So gotcha. you won't be able to drink 32, 32 ounces of a wine or a 15% beer. We can, can also limit the pour size. So if we know people just shouldn't pour a lot, we can put a four or eight or six, uh, 12 ounce pour limit. So when you touch your card, it'll only pour four ounces and just shut off on itself. Amazing. So. That's so cool. Well, let's get you a beer. Yeah. All right, so we're gonna walk around here. <clears throat> this is the uh, the big section. Oh, you got a few from GABF looking good. Right, we're gonna have so to get into those. We're running one, two, three, four, five IPAs for GABF right now. Dio. Where do you even start? All right, so I'm gonna try this uh, revision one. Yes. Do you guys proactively, <coughs> excuse me, um, focus on getting hazy stuff? Um, or is it more... Uh, with the hazy trend getting more and more uh, recognized, uh, we used to have we were try we we used to actually struggle to get one or two hazies in. Oh, yeah. In. Um, yeah. Now, like on this wall, we're running four hazies. Nice. So out of ten, so that's pretty solid. Yeah. You have to get stuck in. All right. Well, you know what? We're gonna go sit down in a more formal environment and <laughs> uh, get going. We'll see you guys there. Cheers. Bam. All right. We got beers. We're sitting down. Let's get into it. So, fellas, how did you, uh, how did you both, what's your story? How did you both get into beer? So, um, I've loved beer somewhat um, for a long time, but it was a friend of mine um, that actually was a home brewer. Okay. And uh, one time he had me over and he's like, I'm, I'm a home brewer and I make beer. And he, I poured an IPA and I was like, like you made that? Like, <laughs> holy cow, that's amazing. Um, and so that kind of got me into the, the homebrewing side. And from there, I just really, really loved to, because then you can actually know what goes into beer yes. and how it's made. And so I really learned to love uh, beer and the aspects of it. So that's right. my side. 
I've just been a beer lover, you know. Uh, I kind of thought of beer like art. You kind of like what you like, you know. So uh, I've always just been a beer lover all my life and just kind of been on my own journey and been fortunate enough to join up with Kevin and it really expand my beer knowledge and taste buds. And um, so, yeah, just a, just a, a beer advocate, beer lover is my my humble beginning. Right. <laughs> Did you guys have any sort of moment that got you, I mean, I guess you had a homebrew moment potentially that, that got you from... I assume you started drinking bad beer like everyone does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah of course yeah. we did. Um, was there like any moments that sort of were like this was the like the defining moment when you discovered craft beer? Because <clears throat> you guys uh, as well. One thing you mentioned earlier, sorry to, to jump in, that, yeah. that you guys absolutely do not have anything that is not craft here. It's strictly a craft right. beer bar. Right. So clearly, that's a passion for you. Yeah. Uh, for you both. So yeah, we want to support the, mm-hmm. the independent brewers too. Oh yeah. Um, so I have a gateway beer. So That's Sam great. Adams Cherry Wheat was my gateway beer first oh, one, yeah, where that. I had a little yeah. bit of a crafty flavor to it. Um, but then um, it wasn't until I discovered IPAs that I was really like, life oh. changed. Yeah, <laughs> lagers and those are okay. But when I actually discovered that beer and IPAs and the, the just the rich flavor it has, that's where also that was kind of the turning point for me. I was like. Wait a minute. What I, is this? <laughs> I couldn't what have enough, this? yeah. Was there an, an IPA that did it? Uh, it was actually my friend's homebrewing well, That was the specific one? Yeah. Okay, amazing. Uh, Sean, do you have a yeah, specific? Yeah, I was, uh, I was <clears throat> one of those Budweiser drinkers from way back when. And, and then, but my gateway beer was Schinerbach, and this is back oh, in I the, love uh, <laughs> the 90s when Schinerbach was really Schinerbach. And oh, that it was changed? kind of my, uh, uh, they were bought out by, I think, Bevco or something. I'm not for sure, but don't uh, quote me on that. But they were bought out, so oh. now. They're still Shinerbach, but not Shinerbach like uh, before. And huh. that was kind of my gateway beer. And I know we talked earlier about Foster's Lager. And as a young young man, the big oil cans, you know, like the big beer is like, oh, I want to drink that big oil can. And <laughs> it's like seven. <laughs> yeah. And so that was uh, a challenge, but really fun drinking Foster's way back then. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to go through that. Uh, yeah, I know. But, you know, it's all it's a journey. You know, we all yeah. have our own journeys, uh, whether it be in life or beer or whatever it may be. But uh, uh, but I, I started liking IPAs, and that really changed my whole outlook on beer because I was, a, again, a light beer drinker. And I, I still like light beers, but uh, IPAs, though, um, uh, definitely uh, when I, are my go-to beer. Right. And uh, uh, Piney the Elder, you know, once I had Piney the, uh, um, Piney the Elder, um, uh, was just mind-blowing, you know. That really kind of set my course to, uh, to really seek out IPAs and really um, uh, expose myself to as many I- IPAs as possible. That's and cool so that, that you were, that Pliny was like the, the gateway <laughs> movie. Yeah. I mean, like, that's exceptional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I only tried it last year for the first time and it's, oh, it's too late. Like, it's like, it's, it's great, but it's like, you know, way beyond that as far as like the, where the, the palate, not even just as a culture, has sort of moved. So, when did you have Pliny the first time? Uh, that's been about, uh, uh, I can't even think, uh, a few years back. But actually, one of the first places I ever had it was at Trinity Brewery here in town. Yeah. They had it uh, early on, and um, somebody just recommended it to me, and it was one of those mind-blowing experiences. It's kind of like when you hear Jimi Hendrix, uh, Hendrix or see a Picasso for your first time. It's like it's one of those mind-blowing, yeah. like, oh, you know. The, what is this? Yes, and... Uh, just wanted more after that, of course. <laughs> I totally get it, man. I wish I had have experienced that in like the, I don't know when it came out, like whatever, 10 years plus ago when like West Coast IPAs were sort of, I had that similar moment as well when I tried some of these and I'm like, what is this? I just wanted the palate wrecking, like right. face punching stuff. 
and uh, I, I feel like at the time uh, Pliny would have certainly like been that it would have been cool to have it then but it was, I guess now it's just an exceptionally well made IPA yeah it was doesn't get best that. in the US for many years yeah Bell's like, just got it last year I saw that yeah. which is very interesting and we did a video actually when we were in San Diego last year of Two Hearted versus Pliny versus Heady Topper oh, I brought yeah. one from Vermont um, it was interesting I feel it was unfair because I don't think the the, the uh, Two Hearted in California is accurate because it would have had to go through right. a bunch of things might have been a bit old the Pliny was fantastic and the Heady was a bad batch so Pliny won but I don't know if it was fair <laughs> we have to do a rematch but to get all three fresh in a room when I know it's going yeah. it's kind of Bell's tough. just launched uh, their beer to Colorado last week for the first time ever oh really and so we actually had their launch event here too and we, no had, we had two hearted and seven other Bell's beers too. yeah, yeah oh so. super fresh straight away like, uh, Uberon was, which is an Oberon Oberon yeah barrel aged oh yeah. oh okay yeah so we had some Free good is the two hearted tapped uh, it, it kicked right away yeah. no, I bet People had how do people respond to that here? <clears throat> they overwhelming, they yeah, it. overwhelming, yeah. yeah. Uh, a lot of folks here in Colorado, you know, Colorado is a lot of folks from all over the country, but a lot of folks are from the Midwest here in Colorado. So a lot of folks have drank bells most of their life that lived in the Midwest, but then yeah. some of us that uh, uh, that weren't out in the Midwest, uh, bells is brand new to me. You know, yeah. I never tasted bells before until last summer, and. Uh, so some of the folks that come through is like, oh, Bell's great. But then or, or us, we're like, hey, Bell's, you know. <laughs> you, are you, where are you guys from? I'm from go ahead, Kevin. Go ahead. I'm from Oklahoma. I'm an Okie originally. Okay. Yeah, I'm an Okie. And I've born, uh, was born and lived in Car Springs my whole life. So. Okay. So I guess then you're familiar more. I guess you would have grown up with a more local... Yep. Like, I guess, perspective on beer? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then, I guess, if you're from Oklahoma, did you... Narrow perspective on beer. 3-2 three, <laughs> three, Budweiser was, uh, <laughs> was uh, what we had. Uh, but but uh, we drank our way out of that. <laughs> How's the beer scene in Oklahoma? Uh, pretty good. Uh, there's a Coop Brewery out of Oklahoma City. Really cool. awesome. Um, uh, Prairie Ball and Artisanales out of oh, Tulsa, yes. Oklahoma as well, too. They're great. Uh, so a couple of good breweries. Uh, okay. They just kind of changed their liquor laws there, uh, so there's some more breweries uh, popping up there. But. Good to see. I love that. Um, so about the bar itself, can we talk about uh, how it came about? Uh, about you know why the this incredible concept of the free pouring, which is just honestly the like Canadians is, they don't, Canadians <laughs> know this will never happen in Canada. The laws are just <laughs> absurd. Um, so this is like the things that you guys can do here. Um, is phenomenal so like why why did you guys decide to do this yeah so for me um i was actually on a mountain biking trip with a bunch of buddies okay and everyone was like uh if you had a million dollars what would you do and they had all these very noble like start a charity to do this and this and i was like you know i worked it my whole career i was like if i uh, had a million bucks which i don't but um if i had a million bucks I, i would uh uh, open a place where you could have a lot of craft beer and hang out with uh, similar minded people and work on your bike and just kind of hang out Okay. and instead of people going, oh yeah it was like a very yeah and people the whole the rest of the trip were like building on the idea um, so then I came home and I thought about it for a few weeks and I started actually writing a business plan and nice. um, 
about a year later, um, we actually opened. So wow, um, this is pretty quick. Yeah, and so the way it worked is I wasn't sure. Um, I have an IT background. I wasn't sure if it was going to be a business model that was going to work. I went through lots of uh, different business models, um, but I really was trying to figure out if the whole point of when I go out with my buddies is is there a way to hang out without because everyone spends every, all their time in line at a bar. Yes. And so I was like, is there a way you cannot do that? And I stumbled across this technology, which was pretty new. Um, and I was like, game changer, like, okay, that, right. that's my business model. Mix everything together, which is what you have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of it. So you got the IT guy um, that loves craft beer and biking and the outdoors and it kind of meshes with this. And then I met a buddy, um, one actually one of the guys was on the trip said, uh, you need to meet this guy, Sean. Um, he's the outdoor guru and uh, just get to know since you're starting this place you should know him right, right. so I started talking through the business plan with uh, Sean mm-hmm. here and he kept asking about my my business model as far as the employers employees and I didn't understand I was trying to get him to like talk about the outdoors but he kept talking to employees and then it was <laughs> the middle of the night that night I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like he was asking about a job <laughs> so <laughs> yeah very fortunate thank you <laughs> Okay, perfect. So it sort of was like, and you, I guess you've been here from the start. Yes. When yeah. did you open? We opened uh, November 11th of last year, 2017. Oh, wow. So it's coming up on the one year. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. So we, we did talk about this earlier. So there is only a few other bars like this in the state. Yeah. So we were lucky. There's one in Denver uh, called First Draft, and they kind of made the way for Colorado for us to do this so it wasn't as complicated for us with they the were state. The first? Yeah, they were the okay. first. So they had to deal with the legislative right. headaches? Yeah. I had Good to deal on. with our city but our city was actually pretty open to us doing it. So, I guess because it's a uncharted territory like bureaucracy wise. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Um, so they were open to it we, we, <clears throat> but we went in up front knowing exactly how we were going to control beer um, control drinking from patrons and all this so we had a, a good business plan going in and so it went pretty smooth that's sick um and then the trails end side of it so something that we have learned over our uh, last week in colorado is that people really like hiking and like biking i guess seems to be a big thing maybe this time of year um tell us about the theme and why it was uh, as you can you guys can probably tell if you're watching the videos uh like bicycle, what are they called bicycle rims yeah chandelier type of thing we've got some snowshoes behind us there a ski um, lift from Copper Mountain. Oh, yeah. A ski resort in Colorado, yeah. That's so sick. Yeah. Actual skis, the snowboards in there. Basically, uh... There's climbing ropes hanging from some of the trees. Too. Oh, yeah? yeah? Oh, man. That's so sick. Yeah, what's up with the uh, thing? Um, <clears throat> so, Trails End is the kind of uh, the end of the trail. It's kind of a place where you base camp your adventure. Um, mm-hmm. So, the, the idea behind our business model is you come here... You can look at our maps um, and plan your adventure, or when you're done with your adventure, you come here and kind of share your share what happened. Um, so we have maps of all the regional areas, all the trails. We also have some paper maps of it, and we uh, run Red Bull TV and outside TV here. So there's always some good. Ad- as you're talking with your friends, you can sit around and watch people doing some crazy stuff on different yeah. different type of a. Uh, TV stations. Right, so it's all generally this type of stuff, like the biking and things yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. <clears throat> Perfect. Um, and then, so, the uh, we even have these, the, the Rock Karen game, so mm-hmm. we're, we invented it ourselves. It's a, 
when you go hiking in the mountains, there's the rocks stacked, and so you know where the trail is. And so yes. we created our own little rock cairn game. Which is very cool. So people are just building rock towers on the, on the uh, wooden rock towers yeah, on the yeah. tables while they I was going to do them. real rocks, but then I thought that might be bad with glasses sitting around there. Oh, yeah, good point. <laughs> these are lightweight. They right, don't make right. as much noise when they drop. Exactly. Okay. So it's something that you both are, are quite passionate about. Yeah, and so the, our location is uh, <clears throat> it's fairly well known in the country and even outside the country. Uh, we're just a few miles from what's called the Manitou Incline. It's one of the, there used to be an old cog railway that went up the side of the mountain okay. and it went out many years ago um, and now it's a staircase and I don't know how many stairs or the elevation right. yeah, but people from all over the world will come here just to <clears throat> train for races and run yeah. up these I mean it's the biggest stair master it's like running up a skyscraper <laughs> um, that sounds fun and then we have so, Garden of the Gods which is one of the <clears throat> best attractions in our country uh, just a few minutes uh, to our north and then yes. to our south we have a huge regional park um, with unlimited amount of mountain bike and hiking trails as well as a big rock climbing area. So, What's that called? Uh, Red Rock Canyon Open Space. Red Rock Canyon. You know, the outdoor theme, you know, uh, mm. just kind of goes with Colorado. Good beer, outdoors, you know, it's just hand in hand. You know? Yeah. Go out for a good hike or a good mountain bike ride, have a beer afterwards, you know, it's just living, living life, you know. Right. Yeah. Living that Colorado lifestyle, you know, that active lifestyle, drinking good beer, hanging out with good people. And, and uh, enjoying the great outdoors. I love it. It's so consistent here. Um, it's something that we're not totally used to. I guess we're in Montreal, so it's a bit more of a city. And the, the, the whole area, everybody in all the areas we've been to are very much uh, in that vein. Everyone just seems like every car has a, a rack on the back with the, yep. the dirt bikes, and the mountain bikes, I'm sorry, and things like that. I just, like, I'm very much seeing that being a, a strong theme. So the idea is that based on where you're located, that you're very, sort of close to multiple regions where people would have just maybe been biking or hiking or some sort of outdoor activity and then they'll come here because of the centrality of it. Is yeah, that correct? Exactly. And we even offer things like when I go to breweries and stuff, um, if you have a really expensive bike on the back of your car, you're kind of worried about the whole time. So we have an indoor bike rack inside so oh, yeah um people can bring their bikes in and set it up so yeah it, it actually attracts a lot of those people they'll ride in and they'll drop their bike and then you can keep an eye on your bike while you drink a beer and, and pull your own beer yeah, yeah, exactly that is so sick Did we gonna say something? on a saturday afternoon yeah. here uh you know uh three four o'clock when everybody gets off the trail the, the parking lot will be full of mountain bikers our bike rack will be full of bikes and people hiking and climbing coming in and it's kind of like Kind of like you earned a beer credit, if you will. You know, you went out and kind of exerted yourself, you know, had a good sweat, had a good workout, enjoyed the outdoors, and, and it's kind of like a reward afterwards, like a beer credit, you know. <laughs> yeah. And you earned a few beer credits, and you cash them in at the end of the evening and enjoy a, a nice, refreshing beer on the patio after a hard mountain bike ride. Again, that's yeah. just, that's living life, at least to a lot of us, you know. Maybe I'm a bit skewed in that, but uh, that's, uh, to me, that's happiness. But that's kind of what it's about here, is you... You go out, you work hard, you earn your beer, you burn your calories, you earn your beer, and then you sit around with some friends and pour your own beer. It's so cool. I love it. It's something so like, uh, I don't know, just like in touch with, it's very much in the Colorado sort of vibe where I feel like a lot of, uh, something else actually you touched on as well is like the environmental, envir people are very environmentally conscious here yeah, yeah. of you know, what they're doing with the water and with the you know, sort of garbage and just the way things are, are created and it's like, it's this very solid ecosystem of, of um, what's the word, like consistent thinking. Right. Um, do you guys want to talk about that? Like, 
I mean, you've also, and the charity angle as well, so it's a couple of things that you guys have also been doing. So what's the, you mentioned before, we were talking earlier about the environmental side, that you guys are very conscious of things. Yeah, yeah, so we, we partner with, um, it's kind of the nonprofit and the outside uh, together. So yep. we, we partner with a ton of uh, nonprofits and a ton of trail building outdoor groups. Okay. Um, and we um, do donations and help them um, to better the econ- not the economy, the, uh, the outdoors um, here in Colorado. Um, and so, so far, since we opened in November, uh, we've given $72,000 back to nonprofits. Um, and those have been nonprofits that have built trails directly across from us, been out in the dirt digging, um, built, worked on the incline, uh, actually search and rescues that go out and help rescue people. Um, so we give a lot to help those groups that are out there actually protecting the environment. Um, and we're just blessed in a way that we can do that. We, ha- we help raise awareness in our community of some of the needs. And then also uh, in that, we, we help raise funds as well, too. And, and uh, of course, most nonprofits need funds, but a lot of them also need awareness, you know, to raise awareness for their cause. Um, and we help, we provide a, a location for them to talk about uh, um, their efforts, their nonprofit. Uh, uh, we, we partner with them in, in, in a way that we have that interaction. We just don't give them money. They actually come and participate. They, they talk to people. There's hands-on things. They actually uh, um, come and hang out here with us, and that, right. that's a big plus because they're our friends and neighbors as well. Uh, but when people, instead of just giving money, you know, uh, they're here actually talking to people about where that money's going, and that's important. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me especially, is uh, when you donate something, where is that going? Where is it going to? And kind of knowing where that is and talking to the people where the actual funds are going to and seeing some of their work is important uh, for, for us. Yeah, and it helps drive up their exposure outside of even us. So they, they meet people that they necessarily wouldn't have because there's other people coming in here that aren't here just for the to meet them. They'll actually increase their audience size by being able to come in and uh, actually chat to people. Yeah, so we'll let them have a table <clears> space <throat> and they'll spend a half a day just talking to people about what they do. That's sick. Yeah. So it's like you guys are very clearly like uh, focused on the community itself. Is very important. Yeah, that's very important to us. Yeah, is that any particular reason, or it's just like the like? Is there anything over and above the obvious type of thing? Um, so two parts for for <clears> me. <throat> um, one, I'm a Car Springs native, so I spent my whole life here in the city. Um, and so I have a real heart for the city and I love, I mean, I, I know what good things and, uh, can happen. And the second part of that is I've worked a nonprofit, uh, most of my career before this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really understand the struggles of nonprofits and how they have to raise money and, um, so how, how hard it is to meet people sometimes. So I think the combination of those two things allow, um, allow or give me the passion to to do that and then sean is just super outdoor um nonprofit. he's i think he's served on like half the boards for these places before i even met him um so it just was a perfect mesh because his heart's 100 there yeah and you know i just uh you know for my own personal thing i love trails and i love our outdoors but but leaving a legacy for future generations you know after we're long and gone uh, other generations using the same trails that we use many you know and uh, just kind of paying that forward, you know, for future generations, getting out there digging dirt, um, just, you know, actually getting dirty, you know, and actually having fun in the process and making a difference in our community. And, 
and uh, but my mind is, you know, yeah, uh, we like what we like, and I love riding our trails, and I love working on trails. But part of my thought is the future folks come, you know, the future mountain bikers, the future hikers, climbers, the future beer drinkers, <laughs> hopefully responsible, <laughs> responsible, yeah, responsible. yeah, youngsters <laughs> responsible. But uh, uh, you know, again, just uh, paying it forward, you know, doing stuff today to help tomorrow. I like that a lot. I feel like it's something that's not as common as perhaps it should be in business not even just beer just in business right and uh, I think it's like you guys have a very uh, unique and special connection to the land that uh, I feel like maybe as city folk we don't want city folk not that this is sticks or anything the Colorado <laughs> Springs about half a million people right like yeah. it's a big place uh, but a meaning that there's this additional like I don't know what it is like a connection to the land that I feel like there's something we're missing because it's not like I don't relate it's like I just don't have it yeah and the city's unique a little <clears> bit <throat> here too there's uh, big huge um, outdoor areas and parks uh, with very large pieces of land and very uh, lots of mountain biking and hiking and stuff scattered throughout the city so a lot of times you can be five ten minutes um, away from your house and you can be out in the middle of nowhere so I think it gives the people here more opportunity to get out and a lot of people just on a Saturday it's not like they're going to go downtown. They're going to go hike <coughs> and get outside. Right. But there's one common denominator <clears throat> that all of, most outdoor <clears throat> group people have is beer. We all like yeah. to have a beer afterwards and talk about our adventure or talk about the next adventure or uh, the next project, you know. There's a lot of thinking that goes along around having a beer. You know, there's a lot of great to, uh, sometimes instead of a think tank we call it a drink tank sometimes you know, <laughs> we want to come up with like some, that you know <laughs> it's a drink tank not like getting hammered hammered but you know kind of have enough buzz. to kind of you know let the juices flow and come up with some silly harebrained ideals that kevin sometimes lets me uh, <laughs> get <do>. away <laughs> yeah. so but yeah got to be creative but yeah uh, but that comment on there having a beer afterwards or you know um, yeah it makes sense you got to wrap it up properly Indeed, yeah. Speaking of beer, I reckon it's about time. Feel feel free. We can, if you guys want, do you guys want another one? Yeah, I think it's time for another yeah. one, yeah. Do you want to go first? Should we go move? ahead. Okay, I should ask a question so you guys can do it while I go. <laughs> all right, we're ready. We're ready. Um, all right, what was I going to go to next? I was going to actually um, maybe talk about the Colorado scene in general and how you guys see it as you guys are not brewers in particular. Yeah. Um, I'd sort of like to know what you guys think, how it's sort of, you know, it's arguable that Colorado's probably, it's always been on my bucket list as a top, I would say top three uh, beer scenes in the country. Most people would seem to think that's fairly accurate. Um, I don't know if you can speak to sort of how, how it's sort of been and how you guys have seen it grow yeah. and uh, sort of how it's sort of changing, uh, even from in, within the state, like we were just in the Southwest for a solid week. And the vast majority of the beer was very traditional stuff. Like the typical, you know, blonde, amber, stout, porter, IPA type of lineups. And then as we got to maybe Breckenridge, maybe Grand Junction had a bit of stuff actually. But they, like sort of Durango, Silverton, Uray was very like straightforward. And then as I feel like we're coming east, it's changing. So maybe there's like something in that. Maybe I'm completely yeah, yeah. off, but perhaps, I, yeah. I'm going to riff on that while I'm just sure. filling yeah, up. Yeah, sounds good. Thank you. So I think part, um, you have the population of Colorado, and the more people you have, the more diversity you have for different types of beer. So I think as you get into this part of the state of Colorado, we call it the front range. It's up and down the range of the mountains. Um, there is a lot of breweries, and I think on average we open about 10 breweries a month. 
So uh, there's just breweries opening all the time. And I think one thing is you can actually start seeing uh, new breweries that are specializing in certain things. So it's not like everyone's competing with the average beer and it's all the same. Um, people are actually, we have ones that specialize just in sours, ones that specialize just in Belgians, ones that specialize just in reds and maltese, ones that specialize just in IP, IPAs. So what it ends up is you can have one neighborhood now that has eight, ten breweries within a very short walking distance that all do very, very well. And I, yeah, I think a lot of that, because there is so many breweries, you know, when, is, when are we going to hit the, the roof? But I think a lot of these breweries are starting to figure out to have specialties, like Outer Range, for instance, specialize more in the IPAs, and they're really just making some really rockin' awesome IPAs, uh, Outer Range. And, but I think a, a lot of, you know, trying to find their niche, their specialty, because there is such a, a, um, 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 a, lot of, um, a lot of breweries out there, and trying to uh, find your certain niche. And I think you're right, Kevin. Those specialty breweries are, breweries are starting to pop up a little more so. Um, just to kind of, you know, specialize in a, a few types of beers as opposed to just kind of doing a, a lot of different brew, uh, beers. Yeah, and I think once they specialize, you get some killer beers that, I mean, when, when you focus just on IPAs, some of those IPAs are just amazing and they keep iterating on them. And so, um, and people just start flocking to that. But then there's the, the red and the Belgian and the, um, so... And I think in Colorado, I even know now, it's so crazy. I guess we have about 400 breweries, yeah. uh, maybe more. In the state? In the state. Uh, yeah. And well, in Colorado Springs, I can remember, well, we had Bristol, Trinity. Uh, I can remember two, but I, I think we've got up to about 26 breweries. Yeah, and, fantastic. And uh, mead and a couple of cideries as well. Uh, that's amazing. Yeah, it's Just exploding. So the growth is like tangible like yeah. you can really see a change but everyone's doing surviving and doing fine so it's not like we've hit a point of super saturation yet and we, if uh if you go up into denver there's a new area called uh the rhino district okay. and that district i think alone has within the just walking distance probably has between tap rooms and breweries probably 30 different uh breweries within like i mean it's like every yeah. next door to each other it's just everything and they all do fine and now what happens is you get so many there now people go there and beer tours go there and people fly in from out uh, out of the country and out of the state just to go to this neighborhood to walk yeah. around and just drink yeah so that's sick um, it's created its own little scene with so much brewing so I guess Denver being the big city would be the heartbeat of, of uh, Colorado beer or is that not necessarily the case? Well, Fort Collins is there with them, but yeah, Denver indeed as far as microbreweries. Uh, yeah, like, if, you, if you look at it per capita, so the number of breweries per person, um, pretty much Denver, Carter Springs, and Fort Collins are all um, pretty on close, the yeah, on the number of breweries. Okay, so I guess that's uh, it's a pretty good sign the front range is essentially then so the front range, ladies and gentlemen, I learned recently is the part in, in on the east of the mountain, yes, Continental Divide. Continental Divide, which is uh, the Great yeah, Divide. Yeah, the Rocky Mountains, I should say, the Rocky Mountains. The Rocky Mountains, yeah. the Fort Collins, Denver, Colorado Springs, and that Pueblo. Pueblo. Yeah. Is that south of you? Yes. yes. Okay. Is it? Have they got breweries? They are not as much. They have three or four, I think. Okay. So, but hey, they don't have as much. Yeah. Okay. It's probably the next place it'll right. start exploding. So this is kind of where everything like originates. Uh, from these from this kind of region and then it would spread west 
yeah. throughout the state. Yeah, yeah. And I think it started in Denver, and it's, I mean, Fort Collins had big ones, New Belgium, and a couple of big guys. Um, but I guess the Oscar Blues and left hand. Yeah, yeah. Oscar, Avery, yeah. Arthur yeah. Dell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, and then Golden had Coors. So there's some big stuff in there, but now it's kind of expanded. Car Springs and Fort Collins have a ton more. Right. And so I think, and now the small towns, I mean, there's small towns that have, I don't even, they got to have like only a thousand people in town and they got breweries. So I love that. But it's such a thing now where people drive out of Denver. There's blogs and Facebook groups and stuff where people drive from Denver to these small little towns, go to the breweries and it's, can you hit all the breweries in the state? And so That's breweries so cool. can do really well just out in the middle of nowhere. Right. Yeah. I mean, think we were just in Ure, and they have a thousand people, like permanent residents. They have three breweries. Yeah. Wow. I guess one per every 330 people. <laughs> right. I never really thought of it. Statistically, like that. it wouldn't be a business model you could do, but it works. I mean, no, I know they were all rammed and they were, you know, they were cool, cool places. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Okay, because I'm, I'm trying to think. I think in Canada, we have like 850 breweries in the country, and y'all got 400 in the state. Yeah. I guess is 30. Two million people versus three hundred and eighty million, I guess. Is yeah. that right? Three eighty. It's probably right. But it's just very cool the sustainability of that. That the whole like the, the the to see that sort of growth and the way that that spread to like you know give life. Sometimes breweries can give life to a small town. Right. We're talking to who was it last night? Phantom Canyon. They yeah. said they bought that building in uh, downtown, the Cheyenne building there, right. and that that essentially was the sort of what do you call it like the embryo to, to sort of um, re, not rebuild but like revitalize <laughs> that right. region yeah, yeah yeah that's accurate that's what the gentleman um, yeah, yeah. the manager was telling us yeah just that they uh, yeah they were, like the downtown was kind of run down mm-hmm. not much was happening and then when they opened this huge double story uh, brewery yeah brew yeah. pub down there with pool tables and stuff it's kind of fun and they yeah, could just started fun. bringing all the businesses in so we were joking about it but I don't really think it's a joke like breweries can or beer can actually economically revitalized regions because of the way that at least in this country um the way the craft beer is sort of really taking off and bringing communities together like you guys are giving people regardless i was gonna say that with a shared interest in in like the outdoors but i wouldn't consider myself an outdoors outdoorsy person but this i would be here often so it's like very cool i think it's community space as well as helping the environment and the the local like the community in yeah. general and yeah. it's fantastic yeah complete side note along with that like yes. everything here designed is for our community too so we have big long tables um that are like group tables even our our, our cozy tables hold six eight people um and a lot of times we uh, make big long tables out of them and so um it, it's made for uh, more of a community it's not made uh, it's not a bunch of two or three person tables all over the place. It's made right. where if you if you're sitting down and you see some NPC, you got to sit with people and kind of join them. So and it's interesting yeah. that since there is no like traditional bartender, the the beer wall has become a become a social spot where people meet each other, talk about beer. Somebody will be pouring a beer, and right next to you, you'll like see somebody pouring a beer, and like, hey, how's that beer? They won't know each other from Adam, but they'll start talking to each other about beer the next thing you know they're striking up a conversation about trails or bicycles or whatever it may be and and uh but it's it's interesting a lot of really cool things happen around beer but one of those in our particular instance that it's a a social uh, as well as much as um uh, having a good beer you know meeting new people 
Yeah, instead of having a conversation with the bartender, everyone's a bartender, so you kind of have the conversation so, with everyone. It's the alcoholic water cooler. Yeah. Good name for that episode. awesome. Yeah. Maybe. You weren't glad that was awesome. <laughs> Nicely done. Yeah, I like that. Can I get the photo, gentlemen, if yeah. I may? I know you guys need a beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't have a beer. It's empty. It's okay. <laughs> um, speaking of that, you guys should definitely go guess something, but I yeah. grabbed the Fremont Head Full of Dynamite. Mm, good choice. Nice. Solid one. Where, is they, where are they from? Fremont, I'd have to look at. Uh, Do you know what it says on the? If, if I had have looked, uh-huh. yeah, they say also. Very helpful. So with GABF, we have some ones that are more unfamiliar to us because it's the first. Oh, time so you guys are learning that too. Yeah. Have you tried this one? Uh, I had a little I sample have. of it. It's really good. And that's one of the neat things here. I can try so <laughs> many things. I can actually try things out of my comfort zone. Love and IPAs. I can try sours. Normally, I'd never try sour in my life, but right. here. I can a go dabble, get out of my comfort zone, if you will, try to expand my taste buds, and start trying things that normally I would never try in any other kind of arena. And uh, But to try a little bit of sours and some sours a little at a time, I'm starting to kind of find I kind of like sours. And, yeah. I've learned to like sours just because we've had it on. And I Same thing, I would never order a pint of a sour, but now I... I'll drink I'll drink IPAs first, admittedly, of but course. second I'll I'll go for the sour area probably next. So. That's a great thing. So essentially, what you, I didn't think of it like that is that you're opening up beer to uh, you're making it more accessible to people. Like you said, even yourselves are great examples. You wouldn't try something normally, but it's not going to hurt you to spend you know have two ounces of something right. that you can just test it all night. Most people probably would, I would argue, would have probably less than even this. Yeah. So I've got here what's that like three ounces or something? Yeah, yeah. like they would have less than that just so they can sample stuff and in the end like realize oh wow sounds are kind of cool yeah and we'll watch people all the time they'll go up stick their card to it pour maybe not even an ounce they'll drink it like their huh. eyes kind of light up they push the card back and then they fill like eight or ten ounces of it and that one of the things on the wall mead for instance uh, i haven't had mead much in my life and most people that come in here have never had mead before but then we introduced me to them they want to. They want to try meat, and, it, and it's 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 really uh, fun to share with folks that have never tried a, a certain beverage before, and for the first time they try it in their life, and they like. And some people are really digging. Some people's like, you know, that's cool. But it, it's it's fun as uh, working here is a uh, um, sharing beers with folks and seeing people light up for the first time when they try something for the first time, you know, a, a certain beverage, and and uh, and I feel like we've done our job, you know, because we've helped expand and. Uh, their palate and they're having fun in the process you know it must be really fun actually as like a social experiment almost to just sit back and just sort of watch people like you said talk and like oh hey what are you pouring there oh what's that like oh okay let me try that you know and then like just that growth and that discussion and just be like fascinating it is it is and and, you know and uh, Kevin's created a a beautiful environment for, for that to happen for for people to come here, it's open, um, uh, it's it's low key. You know, you come here. I think one of Kevin's models is "Come as you are." You know, and uh, uh, whether you're coming right off the trail, you're dirty, or right from work, or whatever you're in, just come as you are. You're welcome to you know, no matter what. And uh, but have an environment where uh, you can just sit and uh, have beer and have conversations, meet new people, uh, learn about new things uh, is important to to go hang out. You know, we, we all have cool uh, hangout places, but to have a hangout place that, that you know, that's just really warm and welcoming and low-key, you know, super chill is important for us. So, uh, we've had some, some, some nice events and some formal events here, but more than like, most of the things we do is just really, really low-key and having fun. And, uh, I love it. Yeah. It's sick. It's totally uh, on brand, as the kids <laughs> say. What do you got there, Matt? 
All right, since you just talked about the yeah. sours, <laughs> I went with a cherry boysenberry from Jessup Farms, which is in Ooh. Fort Collins, Colorado. I think we're going there. Yeah, they're That's one of the tomorrow. premier ones up there. They're a brewery, too. Yeah, right? look at the it's, color of that. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Is it cherry boysenberry? Cherry boysenberry is sexy. Yeah. Sour? Some, yeah, and sometimes, you know color? It's amazing what color sells. Like, people will walk by with, like, a, a nice hazy look or... A, like a Jones nice, beautiful red color, yeah. and people stop you like, "What's that one?" <laughs> and then they'll like walk over and just drink it. They, they don't even know what it tastes like. They like, just saw whatever. the color and they're like, "I know that haze. I want some." Or I love the. That's got to be an f- awesome flavor. I do that all the time. You do that? Yeah, yeah. yeah Sometimes I I pull up in a bar and I'm like, "What's that?" Or like, yeah, yeah. Where did we get the haze from? Some of the places hadn't had so many here. So yeah. whenever I saw someone with a murky yeah. glass, I was like, "Yep, right to them." And yeah, you can stand it. back here and just kind of, because everyone's pouring, so you can, when someone pours one, it's like, ah. You can see it come out hazy, and you're like, ah. So. You know exactly what it is straight away. What'd you get there, Sean? I've got the uh, upslope. Ooh. Um, yeah. Trying the upslope. Uh, I forgot the name of that one. Upslope, you know, one of those breweries from uh, Colorado breweries that, um, you know, they're not too big, but they're not too small. They're, everything they make is really awesome. I like, um, I've just been a big fan of upslope for a lot of reasons, but they're usually one of my go-to six-packs. Yeah. Where are they based out of? I had one of the beers the other I day. I want to say uh, Longmont, or yeah, I think it's Longmont. Okay. North? Yeah, it's North. Yeah. 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 Um, someone's telling me, like, today to go there. I was like, I don't think anywhere we're going is near that. Uh, you'll be kind of close. Ish. Ish. You got to drink this stuff at JBF, I figured. Exactly. Yeah. Well... Yeah. When you get in GABF, there's so many. <laughs> Last time we went in with a game plan, we said, okay, we're gonna, this is what we're doing. We're about to open, we're going to meet all the Colorado breweries, and then we had like 20 other breweries we wanted to go meet. And about 10 minutes into the Colorado section, we're like, all right, change your game. <laughs> change the game. We're <laughs> going everywhere else. Right, you can't, you can't just go to every single thing at this end, and there's just thousands, and H1 gives you a, a little bit of a beer. It's and, like an ounce, right? Yeah, and it's just too much to... to try to hit like everything so you gotta you gotta really strategize on what you really want <laughs> that's what yeah. people keep telling us it's like and some people always say which is I'm not into dumping beer I, like, yeah if you don't want it though don't yeah they it. say if you not if you take one sip don't waste the alcohol just dash it, it. your body has a limit so <laughs> if you want if it's not worth it to your palate then yeah I would I, I we ended up doing that towards, yeah. towards about halfway through you're like okay okay this <laughs> is in regions. It would have like the Midwest region, the Colorado region, and, and uh, you know, of course, they're all big, you know, and the Colorado Convention Center is like it's huge. Huge, yeah. yeah. And about just getting there and smelling the beer, you can smell the beer, you know, waiting in line. Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> Someone told me that they actually put it in alphabetical order this year, not by region. Oh, oh really? So that's gonna, fun. like, I'm kind of agnostic because mm-hmm. this is not home, so I'm happy to try Colorado beer. Yeah, yeah. So, like, I figured a lot of the breweries that people told us to go to, you had to get at least a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure how long, because you think it now, it's, uh, you had to drink a bunch, but I don't know. I don't know what, I don't know what the, real, <laughs> the realistic uh, situation here it's is. It's pretty overwhelming be. once you get in there. I feel I'm mildly scared already. <laughs> I think we get in a bit early because we've got media passes. I think we get in just, not that much early, like slightly earlier. Yeah, yeah. 30 minutes early start drinking like before the masses yeah maybe you get like uh, like, but I never have a game because I think I think only now they've just re- what is it Monday today I think they just released the the list because they hadn't I've been trying to check it to see okay so what do I need to do like go straight to the I've messed up at beer festivals before like I've waited like an idiot 
and then all of a sudden the good stuff is gone or right, like the line right, is 400 right. people long you're like yeah. uh, towards the end of the week uh, some of the good beers are gone and then um, some of the really good breweries that are the ones uh, the lines will just get long on them so some you can just walk straight up and get your beer some you have to wait in a, a line right um, so then you'll realize as soon as it, the public gets in there then you'll realize so, oh I should have got in that line and yeah, that one first like, but you won't know until until you get in right. that's happened many times <laughs> uh, mild question so I realized the battery might die on this microphone I thought it was good so we have two options we can take a quick break and I can change the batteries or I can plug in the uh, power cord but I don't think it's going to reach the wall we might need a extension cord thing. do you have an extension cord okay. we could do that either way okay to, I don't mind yeah, yeah, extension, extension cord. cord Tiff can you get the uh, sorry podcast listeners apologies for this this is how it gets down can you grab the um, you know the thing from the bag Thank you. Um, do you guys go? To, are you guys going to JBF this year? We are Thursday. You're going to go up Thursday. Are you going Thursday? Yes, yeah. are we? All right. We'll nice. We'll have to look you guys up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I'm excited. It's our first yeah. time's bucket list for us. And it's so fun. Like Kevin said, you know, I, I just get so excited, and I have to kind of like throttle myself down. Like, okay, stay focused. <laughs> All right. Like, actually, want some written notes. You know, like have like a game plan. Of course, as soon as you get the door, that game plan's gone. Just out the window, right? <laughs> you, <know? laughs> yeah. you go into it thinking, I'm going to do this, this, and this, you know. And it just doesn't happen. Usually doesn't happen. But, you know, a good time's always had, and always meeting new friends and new people in the beer industry. That's, you know, it's always a plus. It's such a, a family, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, no matter all the breweries and all the different folks we've met over the years, everybody's just so cool. Super you know? cool. You know, and, and I'm sure it's everywhere, but especially in Colorado, all the breweries and all the... Um, employees and owners that we've met have just been really awesome I find that is uh, out of you know this is like an episode 110 and we've you know visited numerous breweries that we haven't sort of interviewed so over the last few years the, the consistent thing I've noticed across the world is exactly that some of the coolest people I've met have been in beer one of the most collaborative competitive industries as far as like the, you know, like you were saying, that they go to those streets like in Denver, that whole area, but they're all thriving. Yeah. And if they need something, like, hey man, I'm sure on a bag of weed can you hook me up, man. Yeah. Like nobody's like treating each other like true capitalist competitors, right. which is beautiful. And uh, I guess it's good that you guys are reflecting that as well as on this side of the fence because it's slightly different to to the brewing side. Right. So you found that very much everyone's sort of welcoming and uh, happy to speak to you guys, happy to hook you up. They're not trying to. Yeah, right. we've had almost everybody in the city. No one's ever once been like, "Oh, oh. you're competing with us." No, I mean everyone's happy. To or like, "Oh, you're a new bar. I can't give you my fire beers." Yeah. Right, right, Nothing right. Nothing like that. No, no dramas. Everyone loves. I mean, sick. The, most people love the beer they make and have a passion for beer, and they want to get it out and get it exposed and um, share it out to people. So, right. yeah, I've not run into anybody that's I felt. Whereas a competitive side to it, Fantastic. which is amazing. We've even had uh, some tap rooms here in the Springs that uh, we were planning on doing a special release and they ended up getting the keg we wanted and then they gave the keg to us. Right. That was a special keg and they didn't have to do that at all. Yeah. Um, wow. And so it's so, kind of mind blowing. You're like, really? You're in a, like, <laughs> you could create sure. your own event, but. But you're cool? Like, yeah. That was another beer bar, not a brewery. Yeah, yeah, correct. So, like, there's even cool relationships within beer bars yeah, yeah. that's sure. sick I didn't know that yeah. I wasn't sure how that would work I assumed it would be somewhat similar but not that level like take my special cake similar right 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 damn that's sick <laughs> okay 
like I guess do you guys feel that there's a how I say it like because you have a different value proposition and you're offering something different it's it's almost like not a direct I mean it's a direct competitor but you can get where I'm I, going with yeah, that yeah I think there's something to that because hmm. I, this is the, my first entry into this kind of business so I don't know what it is for other groups, but for us, I, I do think we're on a different part of town. Mm-hmm. We, we bring a different clientele. Um, we're not really competing with um, anyone directly. Um, right. We, we kind of do our separate things, and we know what other groups do. We very consciously try to avoid doing similar events. Um, so we just kind of created a, a harmony between us, and then everyone's happy so I haven't seen it at all and I do think it's because of kind of our model and our, our yeah. customer base because uh, because you're offering an experience I think your key value prop is that like this is an experience right. it's not just going to be a bar like right. you're going to be sitting at communal tables you're going to be chatting to people at the water cooler over there like right. it's a whole and, and as well you've got food which is fantastic so people can you know get some good, good food in them as well uh, as well as have some things like even if it's a DD, like they can have kombucha and all that. So it's like this whole different thing. Whereas you go to a bar, it's a, it's the standard experience, and mm-hmm. that's fantastic. It's what we all grew up on. But this is something additional. So I guess if you they're coming, someone's coming here, they're coming for that, and they want this. They don't want this. so. It's like yeah, we'll be the first person to tell them when someone comes in the door and they want just <clears> like <throat> a, a pint of Coors Light, or they want even more crafty, but a pint, and just want to drink multiple pints. Like there's probably like five places right around here that, to get those. Oh yeah. Um, or there's great breweries that you can get your pints from a brewery actually too. But um, uh, we don't we don't encourage people as much to come here and just drink pint after pint of the same thing because that's kind of not what we're not what it's about. Yeah, we're, we're not a, a PBR pint crushing place. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I mean, nothing wrong with that, but that's just not us, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, they could. Uh, Technically, I mean, there are, even though we're talking about the 32 ounce cutoff or whatever, I mean, this, what, what is this, 12? That's a 13 ounce glass. 13. So, I mean, you know, that'd be damn near three of these. Yeah, about that. Yeah. A little less of, you know, like we started, I started with a 5%, 5.2%, like, you know, lag or whatever. So, I mean, there are, technically, if they wanted to just have full pours of that lager. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, do people mm-hmm. do that? Yeah, yeah. It's only more if they come in and you can tell that they just wanted a bottle of Coors or a pint of Coors. Yeah, and yeah. they're just like, then you're like, all right, well, this might not be what you're after. Yeah, but usually we'll take them over and take them to a crafty lager one and be like, we'll even give them a little sample. Be like, try this and see. Because it inter- sometimes it introduces them from, they're like, I only drink Coors Light. And they'll drink that and they'll be like, Oh, it's like Coors Light, but better. <laughs> uh, and so it's kind of like the it's their gateway beer for them. So um, I love that. What's our average pour, Kevin? Most people that come in here are on average pour five ounces. Five, five ounces. Pour, yeah. Yeah. Do you have any theories as to why that's the average pour? Is that because they want to try more beers? Um, yeah, I think. I mean, just naturally in these cups too. Like when you poured it, that was just about that. three. So yeah, um, when you poured the first one and this. Yep. So you're, you've been pouring about four ounces, and some people pour more, so it probably averages in there. But, yeah, if you just want to taste, usually you're probably around that three three to four ounce, and then some people are more drinking bigger glasses of it, so that's where it averages into that. But. Right. And it was a little bit of a uh, um, transition where at first people came in, and they couldn't quite grasp the whole pint thing, you know. Most places you go get a pint, you know, nothing wrong with that, you know, it's traditional way. And most people wanted 
a pint here and, and us, you know, working with individuals, working with the customers that come in, trying to show them that, you know, our model is, yeah, you can drink a pint, but you can drink a little bit of a lot, you know, or, yeah. you know, it's up to the individual. And, and to kind of share that message with people that can go on a beer journey without having to drink a full pint each time for each each one uh, is, is an important message because then they, you can see them kind of change their, their kind of strategy, you know, a little bit. It's like, oh, I can have four or five of this, you know, and, and four or five of that. And, right. Uh, so, it's, uh, so it's up to us to kind of share, since we're not that traditional uh, pub, if you will, um, uh, working with the individuals that they can try numerous things a little at a time instead of just, you know, one big pint. Right. We've even changing our marketing some. We've been more trying to say lately, um, it's not just a pour your own tap room, but it's a roaming beer fest. So kind of mm. gives you the idea that you can try a bunch of little things. Or we say build your own flight, So, um, which are both small amount type things. Right. And so it's kind of given the idea you come drink, bake a bunch of your own uh, flights or just pour a bunch of like a beer fest. So, As you go. Yeah. You can just gain vast knowledge, though, again, here with all the different styles and uh, breweries. I mean, a person could come here and just, you know, expand their, their beer knowledge, you know, uh, each time, you know, uh, over and over. Just and you can even learn stuff about, like, the beers or the ingredients. Like, you can drink one and tap the screen and it says mosaic hops, and you can touch, drink another one and it says mosaic hops, and you're like, oh, I kind of know it. And you do one more and you're like, okay, I think I know what the mosaic flavor is. And so you can actually start learning. That's or sick. the yeast it's like a German yeast and you can drink it and be like okay and then do another one that's a German yeast you're like oh that's what that flavor is and so it's kind of it can you help teach you it's an accidental education yeah exactly <laughs> um, speaking of that I was just thinking before glassware so we have the what were these called that's a revival glass yes. revival glass mm-hmm. so they kind of this is like something I've had at BFS before like smaller versions of yeah. this uh, and Sean you have like a typical uh, tulip glass tulip glass uh-huh. Um, when we hear early, you get, we have some kombucha in the tall, the yep. tall narrow kind of pilsner water. Pilsner, that's exactly what that is. And I, I, I mentioned, I guess I'm looking at it right now too. You have smaller glasses to make a flat, or, uh, or would someone go and get five of these glasses and pour? We, we one get or two small. Ounces? We do have smaller glasses, um, but we found is. A lot of people, when they first come in, don't know how to pour beer at all. Also, it'd just be old foam. So if you get foam in this, it'll settle fine. If you get a foam in a little taster glass, good luck. Um, yeah. So <laughs> we, until people understand the thing, we they're in the back, and uh, we're sticking with the bigger glasses. Fair. Do you, so when people walk in, what do you? What's what's the spiel? What do you tell them to to give? Them? Just I'm just curious as to like, do you sort of like suss them out and be like, ah, this person's a bit of a they know what they're doing, you let it go, or is it more like everyone gets the same uh, thing if they're a noob or a uh, seasoned nerd? So it, there's two parts. When you first come in, just uh, the first thing you have to do is show your driver's license and a credit card. And people have been here enough. If some people walk up with those two out and just hand them to us, <laughs> they know then we, we say, you've been here before, right? Yeah. And yes. And, um, and then we kind of hands off. From the, like, let them um, and, but we always have someone out on the floor that can help them because they might act like they know what they're doing but then pour bad and we can help them pour better. Okay. Um, and then from the others, I don't know if you want to kind of do the spiel stuff. Well, you know, we're just, you know, sharing about um, alcohol content, price point, those kind of basic things, you know, that how to pour beer properly because we want them to have a good experience, you know. And, and if somebody, um, 
you know, sometimes they have people come in, it's like, I've been pouring beer for 20 years, and, and you'll watch them, and they don't pour such a good beer. <laughs> and we try to tactfully uh, interject, maybe uh, uh, maybe a few little try this and try that, because we want everybody to have a good time. But uh, So at times we're hands-off, uh, but at times, other times, uh, we're very hands-on. But even our repeat customers, we like to share with them what new beers have came right. Hmm. You know, like, like have that. you tried this? Like, today I just put on X, you know. And, and so trying to uh, share with them about what's new is important. Um, but we kind of, you know, let them kind of do their own thing uh, when it comes to pouring beer. But some of the new people, especially folks from out of town, are, um, and folks even in town that aren't familiar, again, with our concept, uh, have drank a lot of beer, but haven't poured a lot of beer themselves, you know, right. and, and just kind of helping them in that matter of uh, having a good experience and pouring a good beer, enjoying themselves is, is, uh, is important. Okay. Yeah. Even pouring, I mean, it's, it's simple as you pull the handle, but like a lot of people don't know to pull, pull the handle all the way, so they'll pull just a little bit, and that just, it's like putting your thumb over a garden hose, it kind of <laughs> sprays, sprays and introduces air and makes, a, makes it, and so... Um, it's educating people, even if they like, yeah, it shouldn't be that hard. But to get a to get a good pour, you need to know what you're doing. But right. once they've got it, it's like they're just having so much fun. You know? Right. They're just just loving it. And then they're showing their buddies, oh, you got to do this, or or they or they'll see somebody uh, excited. They'll bring family members or other friends in. And then they want to show their yeah, buddies like, Back off. how to pour <laughs> beer. <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'll show them how to pour. Yeah. See, that's sick. So, like, they're learning a new skill. Yeah, on top of yeah exactly. So, I'm not sure if we sort of touched on this earlier, but when we first got here, so do you keep you have the, uh, of course, the data of uh, the average pour. Do you have, like, say, an account? So, you say, if uh, I'm a regular customer, like, you've got my credit card and my driver's license, you know my name. Uh, is there like some sort of a record you can be like, well, last month you drank uh, 600 ounces, Greg. You need to relax, mate. Like, so is there something like that? We uh, purge all the information at the end of the night. What we do keep is your um, age and gender. Okay. So we know by beer type um, and then of what you poured. And then we know a first name um, and an ID that a system assigns. So we can eventually figure out uh, if, if someone wants to. We, it keeps a first name and the ID of the amount they poured. So what we'll use that for later is we'll create VIP cards. Um, so if you're one of our regular customers, you're actually going to get a double black diamond nice. card that comes with a, reference. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like that. That comes with a discount all the time. But that way, the system will tell us. And it just tells us the first name. But if they're one of our regular people, we'll know them anyways. Um, so we'll be like, okay, so you got this card, but no, it purges almost it purges all the information and it just keeps some of the, the okay. statistics. So like, would there ever be something you could sort of like be like, all right, sign me up? So then, just out of like nerdy curiosity about like how much I'm consuming because nobody really, no one knows how much beer they've drank, but right here, you know every <laughs> damn ounce. Right. So we don't actually keep that. It does go to the system, the company that operates this, which is called iCorit. Yes. And so for okay. them, there's a mobile app you can you download and log in, and then from any time you've been in any place that uses their system, you can see what you poured. And it tells you, it records what you record too. Say you had a, a beer you forgot about, you can look at your history and go, oh, that was, you know, Telluride. Russell Kelly or whatever, you know, you can right. look back at your history of yeah, what you drank too. What was that beer like we a, had last night? Yeah. Yeah. Pull up and like, <laughs> here it's just kind of like untapped, but yeah, exactly. Um, a bit more with, with uh, the ounces. Yeah. 
See that I don't know. To me, that's just fascinating. I'm a bit OCD sometimes with the numbers <laughs> and things. Like I'm keep reviewing beers, but like I love the idea of knowing, like exactly. You have to show me how to get that out. I'll do that app for sure. That's hilarious. And one of the things also uh, when people come in, some of the matrix we can, can tell um, what's our top pour, like yes. what's our uh, IPA or sours. You know, we can kind of look each month what's number one, two, or three as far as what was poured the most for that month, that style of beer. Mm-hmm. That sometimes can help us with ordering or um, maybe arranging our wall on. or, you know, a few, a few things. Uh, but having that matrix sometimes can uh, help us in some ways as far as what beer next, you know. Okay. Can you speak to, while I get my next one, uh, exactly that? Like, what beers have you noticed that are popular, are the least popular? I guess you can speak essentially very, very specifically to, to this region and this particular part of Colorado Springs and where you're attracting people. Like, yeah, what are people loving? What are they not loving so much? And, and any, if, if, even if from that, if there's any reasons you think why, I don't think that's fascinating. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, so when we first started opening, we tried to keep um, an even number of the different types of beers. So uh, like four or five malties, four or five darks, four or five lights, four or five IPAs. Um, and what we've learned by watching the stats is which ones pour better. So our wall that actually had five IPAs when we first opened, now we run 10 IPAs. Um, we ran three sours and now we have six sours. So our, our model's gone quite a bit different with the different types of beer. Um, and we've added a bunch of ciders too. Yeah. So I'd say malty for, at least for us, Malty's gone down and dark's gone down. But on the other hand, we just opened in November. Um, and so we've had really spring and summer where we've been doing it very well. And so therefore the malty and dark probably makes sense. It's been a smaller category. Yeah, it's been amazing about the ciders and the sours, how popular they are. I mean, with men and women, you know, uh, it's not really a gender thing. Uh, a lot, I see a lot of guys drinking sours and, and uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so, very popular. Yeah, sours, sours, and uh, sours are just are, are really popular. I would say uh, I think I look at the matrix. IPAs are always number one. And, okay. You know, uh, and then two and three sometimes they'll go back and forth uh, uh, with the sours. Uh, sometimes uh, I think lights in there a little bit, uh, the lighter category, but. But IPAs are always solid, number one. And within okay. a category, we still work hard to make sure our wall's even. So say we have 10 IPAs, we gotta make sure we have three or four hazies, three or four West Coast, uh, double or two. Mm-hmm. And so that, and we look at price point to make sure there's some cheaper ones in there. And Because IPAs, by design, with all the hops, are a more expensive beer. Yeah. So we try to balance the cost on it. So there's a lot that goes in when you look at the wall. It's not just like we just randomly threw some beers up there, but there's actually a lot of effort that goes into the ordering and the uh, what goes on the wall. Yeah, the timing, sure. the timing they go on. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, guess, IPAs uh, especially, like you've, ref- you've mentioned a few times um, while we are having a conversation earlier, that uh, obviously an IPA, especially hazy, are time sensitive. Very much so. Um, so we make sure some of the Belgians and the barrel-aged we're not as worried about those, um, but IPAs, we very much uh, have the date of when they're kegged and um, make sure that's a huge one of our top factors into rotating them into the mix. So there's a lot that's that goes into cool. to making it happen. I love it. Uh, I just went to pour and they were just like, they weren't working. 
Is that? Oh, you might hit your. Oh hand. my god! I didn't tap the card. <laughs> oh, you didn't touch your card. See? See that? I, I didn't even think I walked up with my. So card. that's that's the first. Actually, when people come up, that's the first <laughs> the, thing. They're hey, like, your keg's out. We're like, <laughs> I'm looking at the thing, dude. I've had two beers. <laughs> like the equivalent of not even one of these. It happens all the, the time. Though. Okay. So look, you know what? Even uh, experienced beer people like myself <laughs> look like a right. And that's part of our, our spiel because we can see the keg levels on the side of the. I was looking at the keg level, like, why is this one? Yeah, so people would be like, "This one's out," and we're like, "Did you touch your card?" And usually their face goes like this. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> we have like a sign up there, like, did you touch your card? Did you tap it? It was like right. a tap. Or they grab their wife's card and you know, it has their name and you know, there'll be like some big burly guy and he taps his card and it says Nancy. And it's like, you don't look like Nancy. You know, he's got his wife's card. Sometimes they get him mixed up. But. I like that. And is this like a permanent card that people have or it's like every time you come, you return it? Yeah. So uh, every time, just because to control cost of the cards and we close out the bill every night. Um, so you turn in the card and then you can drop, you can either do it at the front desk and we'll give you a receipt and you sign it, or we have a drop box where you can just drop the card. And so really sense. once you check in, you can pour your own beer and drop the card and walk. And so there's not, it's a very fast, you can have a good experience and be here for a short time and mm -hmm. be in and out. And so hang on, drop you, like, how does it, how do you charge them? I guess you got the credit card on the system. So at the end of the night, you pick all the cards out and you scan them and you're like, all right, cool, close it out. Yeah. You've already got the credit card. Yeah. For that method too, we add a 15% gratuity and um, if you drop it off, but since it's for your own, um, if you go to the checkout, it's up to you what you do you do too. I didn't think about gratuity. Can I yeah. explain yeah. people, this is just an open tab. This yeah, explain that tab right, right here. Right. Yeah. This is just my open tab and uh, you know, you scan your ID, scan your credit card and this just provides a open tab, our little Magic beer cards, what I call it. Magic beer cards. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Write that one down as another alternative episode name. We're just trying to come up with ridiculous. As someone says something cool, make sure we note it down. That's awesome. Because when I'm like doing it later on, I'm always like, oh, I can listen through the whole what if we go for two and a half hours or something. Like, yeah. Because it's kind of like magic. You're up there and like, boom, like green boom. light. Oh, it's yeah. beer. Magic. Beer. <laughs> it's perfect. I love it. Now, um, the only time it doesn't work well is sometimes people pull the handle realize they didn't touch the card, oh, set down their glass. Leave the tap open. Leave the tap wide open. Then they, <sighs> they touch the it. card. <laughs> and when you touch your card, it opens the valve in the back. So then it just starts pouring out. And then they're like, ah. Yeah, then and like, they're ah. for wasted beer. Yeah. And you're like trying to get their mouth in. Yeah. Has anyone done this before? No. I know it's a, uh, a stupid question. What would you do if someone was like putting their mouth under the tap? I guess they'd be escorted out yeah, swiftly. Yeah, you have to yeah, ask yeah. them, yeah. To can, can you know, we, we want everybody to have fun. But, you know, there is a uh, sanit, you know, it'd be kind of unsanitary. You know? Right. There's also that. I mean, it's kind of funny. It's like a keg stand. <laughs> yeah. But vertical. Just like. Right. Up, Upright. Yeah. That's pretty good. I actually didn't think of that, that I'm people would be, that people misbehave? No, actually, yeah. I think it's partially because our clientele, um, they're been outdoor, they're tired. Um, <laughs> to um, it's poor your own, so people are getting smaller amounts. Uh, but no, we have, not had, yeah. Yeah, we have not had a problem at all with our clientele. The, the only gentleman yeah. that I can remember that we had to cut off, really, he drank wine. He was drinking, he drank like $150 of wine. And so it wasn't anybody really with beer, but we have three wine taps, and the individual kept drinking wine and wine, and we finally like, like, dude, I need to call you an Uber, you know? Yeah, that's uh, <laughs> that's the way to go. I've seen that at the festival before. 
Yeah, <laughs> we went to a beer. <laughs> but it was wine, of all things. It wasn't even beer, it was wine. <laughs> we went to a beer festival and they had pretty much these glasses. And we usually go with media, and sometimes they have like a cool little tent, like a, that you can go to, and they just have other stuff outside of that. So Tiff wasn't drinking wine last, I wasn't drinking beer last year, so she drank wine. They were filling it up to the rim of this <laughs> with like white wines, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm good." They just kept drinking, and we were all, I didn't really pay attention or whatever to see what's in there. And she didn't think it was gonna be that bad. I was like, "Whatever, it's wine. It's chilled." Didn't end well. <laughs> so yes, I can see why you need to uh, ensure. And we're unique. We're not a honky tonk. We're not a like a. You know, you know, dive bar. We're not really a restaurant. We're not really, you know, we're our own category. You know? yeah, yeah, we're our own thing. Yeah. yeah. So, so there's a whole different approach. Yeah, we're definitely not a dive bar. bar. Yeah, no, yeah, nothing dive really, about it. Yeah, we're. I wouldn't be surprised if people left here, went to other places later at night, and they had to deal with <laughs> there, but because they probably kicked in later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After mixing a bunch of fantastic craft beers, sometimes it happens. Yeah. yeah. But okay, perfect. So while I grab one now, yeah, you I'm, get your gonna, beer now. I'm not going to mess it up this time. All right. um, where, where do you guys want to take this? Like, what's sort of the ultimate goal? Like, sort of where do you see this growing, and how do you want to sort of build it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's a good question. Um, obviously, become self-sustaining and start paying off loans. It's hard to start a business, um, so that's that's part of it. But after that, we think we have a really cool model, and within the outdoor area, so. We'd love to take this. We've actually registered in multiple states already. Um, and so um, we have multiple areas across the, mainly the west part of the United States where um, we're looking to kind of expand our brand. Um, so even like our shirts, they all say Colorado Springs, Colorado, and they're res- but it's reserved for um, multiple states. And our we have our parent company for uh, this, for Trails End, that's the parent company's actually designed to, do multiple states and stuff so um, I'd love to see it do that um, I'd love to see us get more involved also um, within this community I don't know if that's growing more places here or growing this brand more here um, even as far as getting out to festivals and stuff um, and showing people here what it is um, what Trails End is so I'd love to, to expand and grow it just like any business would um, but we want to do it at the right the right time right and the right pace right because i've seen a lot of places that get a good model and then go big too fast and then yeah right so we'll make this this is our flagship just like most companies have their their first flagship and that's always this is our flagship and we'll concentrate on this one until we decide we can move on i love it <laughs> I just don't think Canadian laws would allow it. We went the closest, like, so this concept in the bar uh, is, like, like I said, mind blowing for us. Um, we went to San Diego, and I'm, it's probably not a big deal for you guys, but my friend was. Uh, we went there last year. My friend was on there. He's like straight from the airport. Went to this place called Bottlecraft. Are you familiar with that at yeah. all? So it was a it was a liquor store, and it had uh, a bunch of fridges with cold beer and a bunch of shelves it wasn't even that big with beer then as you walked in though there was it had like 12 taps so you could get a pour and drink right. while, while you're, you're shopping yeah. 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 and then at the back they had uh, a thing where they sold like gourmet cheeses and breads and stuff it was just, just such a wicked experience and all I kept thinking was like this is just what, what, why can't we have this and then when I went back to Australia and they have it everywhere there too. <laughs> and I forgot that they're a bit more chill with that sort of stuff. So like they had so many different bars that were 
a bit more than like 12 taps, they had like you know, like 20, 30 taps as well as like a crazy thing. So you could get a bunch of pours and then pick up some beer to go. So I mean like just, exp- I think the future of beer is, is experiences. And this, I don't know, it's just occurring to me now, like putting it in context, like this is so, so cool that, and there's not how many in the country? There's four in the state. There's probably 30 or 40 in the country now. In third, 380 million, that's yeah, yeah. dropping the ocean, right? I right. mean, that's nothing. It means this is, this is a, a new industry, and you guys will be one of the sort of forefront of that, at least right. in the state, right? Yeah, and I fully believe, even though you say it won't make it there, I, I fully believe. I mean, from a, from a business owner standpoint, um, people are able to get their uh, beer much faster. It's a better experience. You can taste what you want. I think in five, ten years, this is going to be the norm. Like, this is how you Man, drink beer because... Yeah, like, um, that would be costing bartenders jobs, but you know what? Well, and you know what? <laughs> By your own. We have a Do position, something with your life. We have a position called roaming bartender, though, and we have two or three. Depends on how busy we are. We okay. have people are out on the floor. They're educating yeah, people they on beer. Um, so they walk around. They show you how to pour. They tell you about the beers, the different flavors. They socialize. To me, we call it a roaming bartender because they're not behind the bar, but they're out roaming and talking with you. Um, but it's and very, just like keeping an eye on it and just helping people yeah, that kind making of thing. sure minors aren't drinking I mean it's very much a bartender out here it's just a different instead of them pouring it they're helping you pour it um, right. but it's not people are like oh you must have way lower labor but we don't we run a similar and we have someone that's out on the floor to help you pour your beer okay um, always so. it's like there's people bartenders a little more interactive like Kevin's hmm. saying you know you're talking to people about bicycles or trails or beer or dogs or rocks or whatever it may be you know you're not just stationed behind in a small spot you know you're actually moving around uh, uh, shaking hands talking to people asking them about their experience you know you're not just stationary I feel like that's more of a customer uh, experience you know mm-hmm. uh, 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 more an enhanced customer experience when somebody's coming around visiting with you talking about beer as opposed to me going up and talking to them they're coming over here to talk to me you know and, and work with me Mm. I feel so, like it's important. Um, that's really cool. It kind of, I know this is a dumb comparison, but it reminds me of like the self-service checkout, so like a supermarket. Yeah. And you've always got that sort of floating person, just like when it stuffs up, they can just be like, hey. Yeah. And it's like, I guess that is key to be able to have that and not have to go and like, uh, what if there's a line at the counter and a bunch of people coming in, you're kind of like flustered, but there's always someone hanging out right. to, to help you do it. It's very cool. And if you look at it, a long time ago, I mean, people used to pump your gas for you, your mm-hmm. fuel. Yes, um, yes. And now everyone does themselves. And then grocery stores and stores, I, I, I'll 100% of the time go to a self-checkout before I'll wait a long. 100% of the time. Um, and so I think this is just another version of that. You yeah. shop online, you go to Amazon. Instead of go to the store, you buy. Everyone's doing themselves more. And this is just another version The next of that. step. Yeah. And, and, and another, you know, I don't know how many times I've been to places. And I don't know. I know they don't mean bad, but... I'm at the bar and I'm like, got my hand up, and the bartender walks by. I'm like, you know, hey. And yeah. Like they walk by and they're like, hey. <laughs> and I like walk by and like, you know, ten minutes later they talk to me about a beer. But here, I'm already on well, my second beer probably in ten minutes. You yeah. know, my second taster. Yeah, yeah. You know, you don't have to wait on somebody. You just go up and serve yourself, and I think there's a lot of beauty in that. Oh hell yeah! Is is there ever a line? I mean, I'm sure there's sometimes not going to be like four deep at a at a tap necessarily. Has that sort of happened if it's busy? Uh, when we get busy, uh, we have some standing room tables uh, near our taps, and sometimes they can actually be in the way because there's so much people. 
because crowding around it. Yeah, because I mean, you still have to be near the screen and touch and read and. Um, you want to kind of maybe cruise for a bit. Right, and we pack the screens kind of close just to fit in 40 taps. And so there can definitely get uh, clusters in there, but it's no more than I mean, the 30, 40 seconds per person to be up there. Maybe. Right. So Tops. it's not like a 20-minute thing. Every yeah, year. every time. Yeah, yeah. It's a nightmare to pack them And up. sometimes but people are sitting there staring at it. As the owner, I'm not wearing my trails on shirt when I do, but sometimes I really want one. So I'll just like stick my card in there, pull like, a hand. Man, and I'm far enough I can, in. yeah. Like, I can get my own beer while you're standing there staring at the bun. <laughs> I like that. By the way, side note, I noticed the, the merch is fantastic. Is this like a cycling top or something? Like that kind of shiny um, material? Yeah, these are, we have multiple ones. These are some, uh, we have synthetic shirts, uh, which is all synthetic materials. And then we have like a blend shirt that's a uh, uh, cotton and a synthetic blend. And then we have full bike jerseys that are uh, full on jerseys. like a tent yeah. material where you can go hike, you can run. You can ride, you can drink beer. The idea is you go right from the trail right to us, you know, in the same shirt, you know. That's yeah, yeah. so sick. I just like, as Mark Tiffany and I, Mark, it was like to, to us, like, that's one of the first things I noticed at the start of the podcast. I was like, that's shiny. It's like the, yeah. like the bike type of shirt. So I'm like, yeah. I know it's even a little Colorado kind of logo on the side. Yeah. Is it Colorado mm-hmm. logo? Yep, Colorado, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the state flag. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's, that is not, almost nothing cooler than seeing the consistency in branding. I just love that so much because it's this attention to detail. Um, very cool. And particularly that bike course that you got. But you got water bottles and stuff. Yeah, you, you got, got water bottles. What else yeah. crazy stuff you got? Uh, got those little funny bike hats with the little, with the little brim. <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty ridiculous. No. I wear those, yeah. but I haven't got a personal one yet. No, we're, we're still growing. People, people will get them. People yeah, will get yeah, them. Yeah. We're still growing because we've been seven months. Um, we've had to really learn how to control what we start up as our merchandise okay. and merchandise you know marketing yeah, as you guys know color is important you know mm. what color it is we've got an awesome logo looks good on all different colors but uh, colors are always important you know to choose and sometimes you pick a color you think it's going to be a smashing hit and it doesn't work it fizzles yeah and you then the opposite the way around exactly. then like bright like <laughs> yeah. fluorescent yellow orange or something just like to be up. consistent with their logo with their merch you know that tech material again you know active material that you can go out and have some fun in and right. have a beer in. And I mean, it's perfect. I mean, that sort of thing is exactly what, uh, you know, it just makes sense. It's the type of clientele that you have. Indeed, and yeah. that's the type of merchandise they're going to want. I mean, you have to play to that. And, and, you know, we get a lot of outdoor people. And, you know, that's really who we are. But we do also get a lot of just pure just beer lovers. They don't mountain bike. They don't really hike. But they just love beer. You know? yeah. And that's the common denominator, no matter who, what, no matter what your background, no matter where you're from, uh, what you like to do, beer is always the common thread, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? It is, yeah. It doesn't make a difference. Again, who or what, where you're from, if you like Everyone's beer, welcome. Yeah. Everyone's welcome. And, and again, it's beer is the common denominator. That's the that's good. See, straight out, I can tell you. Look at that. Beer is a common denominator. That's a good one. Yeah, hey, he's busting that shit. Hey, give me another beer. Oh, grab another beer. I can talk to the people, man. I actually got uh, a beer. Yeah. Revision Social Fermentation. I think it's another JBF. Okay. Hazy IPA. Nice. Are you familiar with Revision? I have not had Revision. I know that's, uh, we just put that guy on. This is fantastic. Though. Where are they out of? I don't even know where they're out of. Do you know what? I was going to ask you. I'll have to take Do you know look. where Revision is from? Yeah, it's just up. And again, there that's one of the many beauties here. There are so many breweries out there. There are so yeah. many cool things. About the time you think you know a little bit, you just get humbled, and there's a lot more oh, you know. Oh, you know. 
Nevada. Sparks, Nevada. Ooh. There's a place called Sparks. I like it. Um, this is this is great. This uh, the haze is fantastic because, as I sort of alluded to earlier, the uh, the southwest region we've been in in the last uh, week uh, didn't really have a ton of haze. The first one we got was in Palisade, which was really good. Um, prior to that, it wasn't, so I was a little bit uh, I was feeding for some haze. And now I've had my uh, thirst quenched in Colorado oh, Springs. Nice. Goddamn it! Yeah, um, you got to do the Crooked State one still. Oh my, bro, that's the next. New, new image. You get a chance. New image. They're new uh, image. Where are they? They're uh, they're out of Arvada, Colorado. Uh, they're New England. Oh, we're staying. IP. I'm trying to remember the name of that one. But that Is new that the image. Is suburb of um, Denver? It's uh, to the west of Denver, but it's a suburb yeah. of Denver. Yeah, we yeah. got an Airbnb there. New image. Denver's expensive. Got to check out JBF. Who knew? Yeah. Okay, new yeah. image. New image, yeah. yeah. Right. They're also really good in there. They're, I think they're with, uh, with uh, Outer Range. They're one of the top 20 new breweries in the nation, from my understanding. Really? Eh? So Outer Range was yeah. definitely one of them. Outer Range yeah. and New Image. Yes. Worldworks, World too. So. Yeah, World what are they called? World oh, Worldworks, yeah. yes. So I heard about those two directly from the, the first couple of podcasts yeah. we did, and I was like, all right. So I'm looking forward to uh, getting those. GBF is going to be nuts. I'm very <laughs> scared. Yeah, yeah. It's going to eat a lot. Uh, are you guys ready? We do a lightning round. A lightning oh, round. Yep. Yeah. You, you need a beer. For I need a beer. Yeah. yeah, I'm a bit parched. Well, Sean is getting that. What do you have? Uh, we had mentioned the Prairie Artesian earlier bomb. Oh, you have Prairie? Nice. This is Prairie Artesian bomb, but it's called Deconstructed Bomb. It's one of the GABF ones. Yeah. And they have chili. It's the bombs like their their base, but then they have chili and I think cinnamon. And I don't so it's know. like a Christmas stout. Um, is it stout? Yeah, it's stout. Okay. Uh, yeah, prayer. I haven't actually had any of the bomb yet. I always see them around. I just don't know why I don't get it. Now it's here. It says chili. I can smell it. It doesn't taste doesn't very taste sweet. Like no. Okay. You like it? Satisfied with it? I'm satisfied. It's a little sweeter than I like. And with sometimes, you know what? <laughs> That's why you get small pores. Exactly. Here it trails in, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> All right, so... Oh, what do you got, Sean? Tell us about what you got first. Uh, I've got the Pikes Peak uh, Local 5. It's their um, um, American IP or uh, American Pale Ale. Looks hazy, my friend. Yeah, it's a bit hazy. I like that. Um, um, Pikes Peak Brewery up in Monument. Good folks up there, good beer. Uh, Chris up there helped Kevin and I uh, dial a few things in, but just really good folks. Again, back to that community, beer community. Mm-hmm. Everybody's so helpful, very friendly. Uh, we're fortunate to live in a, a, a great state where... There's a lot of good beer and a lot of good people that are passionate about beer. And yeah, yeah. And local Five's named after the one of the local fire stations, and they give nice. a lot of proceeds to firefighters for that one. That's sick. I love yeah. it. It seems to be a trend here. Yeah, makes me happy. Um, so lightning round. Technically, it's supposed to be fast. It very rarely is. So you can give me <laughs> long answers. Uh, first question: What is your guilty pleasure beer? A beer you'd be embarrassed to admit. To the fellow beer nerds that you enjoy. Mm. Can I go first? Yeah. Old style. Pilsner? Uh, yeah, it's a Pilsner. Uh, I think old style is out of, um, I want to say, Milwaukee or so. But old style, uh, I remember one time as a kid, I liked it so much, I brought a six-pack home um, on the airplane in my suitcase. I brought it back to Oklahoma. I thought it was such great beer. That's pretty serious. But old style. If you ever get a chance to drink old style, one should add that to the repertoire. <laughs> or don't. Or don't. I, yeah, they have that. I think Molson makes it in Canada. It's uh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but guilty pleasure, please. 
Uh, it's Dale's Pale Ale. Um, Why is that a guilty pleasure? Uh, it's I don't know. It's not as crafty and unique, but to me, yeah. I just I'm, it's a very I'll Colorado and, answer. Yeah, it's Colorado, but I don't know. I mean, it's so common that it's that's what I mean. Like it's like only a Colorado uh, native would find that to be a that's guilty true. pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you go anywhere else, I'm sure it's like this exotic import type when place. When I first had it, I lost my mind. Yeah. And then I, they had it in Toronto. Sometimes the LCBO, which is the government-run alcohol import, it's actually the biggest alcohol purchaser on the planet, and they will not have, they will not let this happen. Uh, they brought Dales in, and I was like, ah, oh, let me. Why not? I haven't had it for a few years. My friend brought it up from the States for me like four years ago and I tried again and because of that system having to sit there for a few months in the warm warehouse it wasn't optimal. It's not a bad beer. I just think they don't bring it right. up. But that's a pretty... Okay, so I'll step it down for football games and some other stuff. Uh, PBR, I'll go with. You like that? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. Fair. Uh, it's more of a. It's not a guilty pleasure. It's more more of a settling pleasure. I'll settle for it when it's my option. You know what? You have to have those. Uh, the opposite beer you would decline under any circumstances. Beer I would decline. I would. I will not. I mean, I don't want to sound. I. I don't. I decline beers for sure. Bud Light, okay. Coors Light. Yeah. Yeah, trash. trash. Yeah. Trash. 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 Yeah. Coors is, yeah. I mean, you know, I drank my share of Coors Light when it first came out when I was a youngster, but you almost couldn't pay me to drink uh, <laughs> anything from Coors, even like Killian's Red or any of those other things. I just never really, I tried to like them, but I just, they're not good, yeah. yeah, I we had a party at our house and people brought beer and there was like a bunch of that left and it sat in my fridge for over a year and I just couldn't. <laughs> Like just I couldn't hold it up, eh? <laughs> right? I'm like, oh, I can't drink it, even though I'm like, I'm out of alcohol. And I'm like, but I can't. <laughs> He's gonna do it. Only Eat time it. I buy cheap beers when I, I I do brats and I pour cheap beer in my beer brats. You know, like Coors or Coors Light, and you boil your brats yeah. in all the beer. You know, but the cheaper the beer, the better for brats. That's know? true. That's a whole different thing. <laughs> yeah. We get some stuff as well for like um, pool pork. We get like a just mm, yeah, like a local, like yeah, you know, yeah. like the lot, the equivalent of Oscar. In, in Quebec, they have like an oatmeal stout. Uh-huh. Don't really enjoy drinking. It's not bad. It's just um, mm-hmm. it's fine. But that works beautiful. Like yeah. nice little pool pork. Love it. Um, favorite beer style. So clean IPAs um, is what I liked. But with owning this place um, and the hazy trend coming around. Mm-hmm. Um, I really have learned to really like the haze, um, yeah. and then like we have up there, um, it's pretty spectacular. I love doubles. Um, I love the bite of the alcohol. So the ultimate is a hazy double. I'm with that all day. <laughs> IPAs, of course, but I, I still I still like my malties. I still like the ambers. So like that that category. Yes, yeah, it's popular. Uh, yeah. Malty, yeah. Uh, easy drinking amber. You know, I really enjoy that as well. There's one brewery up in uh, mm. in Monument, and it's Pike Speak Brewing that he was talking about earlier, and they've got a it's red. It's called Devil's Head Red, and it's probably at, when I go there. That's I'll drink that one so much because it's yeah. really good. Yeah. I like it when that happens. I'm, I want to be. I've been convinced on brown ales a couple of times recently. I've had a couple of really good ones, and I want. I feel like. Ambers are it's about time. Yeah, I feel like they're not yeah. doing it up north. Yeah. Like at least well often. And if they are doing the it, that's the problem. You got to get the, just the right ones because a yeah. lot of them are they're all very similar. And 
Yeah, it's been something a little like yeah, just to stand out, like because yeah. there's like styles that one one could consider boring as far as like the browns and ambers. They're like the styles that were kind of cool. I don't know if they were cool, but it's like just the other beer styles that were never like you know they didn't really sort of have their own like shine or whatever. Right. So if you do get a well made one, they're kind of easily ignored. And I had a few good brown ales. I'm like, wow, brown ales can be fantastic, but I'm going to be convinced on ambers again. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little bit harder in those areas too because. Hops, you got so many varieties of hops that can change the flavors. Yeah. Um, when you get into the multi beers, it's the, the grains and stuff aren't as much as the yeast and the, the hops, in my opinion. So. Yeah. And then when you see a buzzword like juicy or hazy, you know, in New England, you know, just, you know, I kind of gravitate to juicy, hazy. Oh, yeah. You, know, you just got to try, you know, oh, juicy, <laughs> got to try, hazy, got to try. You know? Milkshake, huh? Yeah. Actually, uh, we'll, have a, we'll get to that in a second. That's a big, it's a big part of this. Um, least favorite beer style doesn't mean you hate it just your least favorite style Um, we I flavors we have one that's like a cucumber I don't really like is it a watermelon yeah it is yeah Um, water cucumber those kind of things I'm not watermelon I mean uh, cucumber I'm not so much from a style mine's light I just that's when you were asking me at the very start like what are you gonna hey, go for? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, what are you gonna go? You're like, I'm just gonna be over at the whole <laughs> <Yeah>. session. <laughs> like I've been here long enough. I just we order it and people love it and they drink it, but I just I kind of deal. Yeah, it's hey, not man. my thing. No I, stress. I'm trying to learn some stouts and porters. I'm, I'm not. That's my least favorite. So I I can dabble in a little bit and try some. And uh, but as far as personally, that that's my least favorite group of beers myself. But I feel that. They're a, uh, I think they're one of the strongest growers. Yeah. And when, I don't know, I'm starting to appreciate them more. Maybe it's a more of a winter thing and stuff. Yeah, you're like all cold, man. You should like... Yeah. Should really, like, like really cold. It's like six months yeah. a year. Oh, right? Eight. <laughs> Try eight. I've got, a, I've got a nice cellar right now because it's been a very uh, warm, humid summer. Yeah. I keep... I don't know about you guys, if, how you do at home, but I keep intentionally unintentionally just ending up with a fridge full of hazy beers that have a lifespan a couple yeah. of weeks I'm like well this cell is going to sit there I got to drink these and yep. they're going to go off what am I going to do and then all of a sudden you have a living room full of bottles of stouts that you need three people to drink yep. four people to drink yeah. and uh when are you going to crack them? Right. Yeah, you got a bomber of 14%. You can't put that what down. Do? <laughs> what? Seriously. Like, if, like, I don't know what to do. I have a whole bunch of friends in the same thing. It's just a part of, like, you get like, oh, that's sick. And then, well, sometimes you just end up with them. And then what do you do? You have to have a, I heard people have um, cellar clearing parties. Mm-hmm. So they'll get, like, people to come over and just drink through the cellar. Interesting concept. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because you need fine. it, but. Uh, favorite be it city, destination, or country? Where do you like to go for beer? Mm, Kyle Loretta's hard to be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, back yeah, I, I, I hate to say it. I mean, I, I've, I've had a job and I've traveled all over, and um, really, Colorado beer is hard to beat. I can it see is. why. I actually concur. Uh, yeah. I mean, if I'm going to travel, I might as well just travel within the state, you know? And I think about traveling uh, like to Frisco to, uh, again, Outer Range or Broken Compass and Breckenridge, or you know, that's where if I travel, I'm gonna go there. Yeah, that. Now, hey, if you, yeah, if you go along with city, um, that area a little north of downtown Denver called the the Rhino District, it's River yes. North, um, and they've got cerebral and red black or red 
like red shirt mockery mockery uh they've got a ton of them uh boss woods boss brewing um that are right in the walking distance of each other and so that's probably it's it actually blows my mind because i mean i've tried almost a thousand beers since we've opened here and i so my palate i understand and it, you can walk around and they all have spectacular beer like you don't walk in and be like eh some there's a few places you do but the majority you can walk in and you're like, like man what was that? you guys are knocking it out of the park and, but then you walk next door and they're knocking it out of the park and it's just amazing so yeah I'd say that's the best concentration in the state it's right in there damn I really hope we have time we're not going to have time we have to come back that's what's going to happen but there's ones all over there's Outer Range you've mentioned several times there's yep. Weldworks there's uh, Liquid Mechanics that's oh, up uh, they always oh, make spectacular geez, stuff yeah. So they're all over. Yeah, the you state. just go on and on with the, the beer list. And sometimes they're brand new breweries. They've been open like a few months, and this isn't lightning round at all. Sorry. No, um, so it's always, it's always <laughs> takes a lot. They've only been like open a few months, and you drink their beer, and you're like, how oh, you got it so dialed in? And you've only yeah. been open a few months. And there's a couple here, like Go Patch and Deuces Wild, some local breweries. I haven't been around a year, and they're making beer. They've been making beer like they've been making beer for years and years and years, you know? Yeah. And they're just. Just cranking out some awesome good beer. Yeah, know? it's amazing. I mean, like we we're talking, we had Two Hearted on best beer in the country. You put some of these other that are just local breweries next to it, and you taste this. You're like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I find that so interesting. That whole con- that best beer in the country thing. I mean, I don't know who's entering it or where they're getting. It's because they have exposure from global too, or from across the country too. Yeah, it's still a great beer. But when, a, it is. But when you can taste ten in a row and compare it to, it's not. To me, they don't stand out as like I feel killer. So. Yeah, which is uh, it's always interesting. You need and you need that context to really show it. So uh, come to Colorado, people. That's what we're saying. Um, okay, we did a revised version because this list kept getting out of control. But there's a few questions in a row about actual brewing, so I'm just trying to switch it out. I, I might do. You can choose which one of these best beer you ever drank in your life or favorite beer of all time. Because often the best beer you drink is situational, and the favorite beer might just be like, uh, you have a soft spot for this one beer because it meant something to you coming up or something like that. Yeah. Either of those uh, resonate? Um, so, kind of, I'm gonna blow, blow your mind a little bit. Okay. One of my favorite things we've had on is actually a cider, and I'm not a cider person at all. But we had a black currant cider that was amazing and maybe it's just because we had it for just a very short time and it was super hot out and but i could just i don't know it was that. amazing yeah it was a black current um from finn river was the, the the brewery and it was just amazing um the one like i was talking about devil's head red i i live that's my hometown brewery is pike's peak and mm-hmm. so that one's just the one i'll walk in there and i'll crush that one any day um and then out of range uh, that we've mentioned multiple times probably has not just the one but two or three of the best IPAs yeah. I've ever had and they keep cranking out I mean you'll have one awesome IPA there and they'll come out with a, another awesome IPA and it's like I like the last one but oh I really like this one <laughs> <laughs> and um, uh, Odd 13 for me I, I love Odd 13 they're uh, my go to six pack yeah. when I go to a concert or to a picnic or whatnot is there uh do you believe it's called their Hopperella. Uh, Hopperella, thank you. Their Hopperella, their uh, APA, just but it's hazy, but it's super awesome. Odd 13, everything I've had from them, it's been 
really awesome. But that's my go-to six-pack this summer. Okay. Those are hopper. I like that. Are they in Denver? Uh, Lafayette, so in between Denver and Boulder. Okay. Someone talks about them. Yeah. Uh, anytime anybody has been telling us stuff, we just like keep taking notes because like even if we can't get there, we got the GABF one ounce special. Right. right. So at least we can get to try something, and then we just have to make sure we come back. All right, I love it. Now, there's another brewing question I'm going to swap out. Neither of you guys brew, really, right? Uh, I'm a home brewer, but... Still? Uh, well, not in the last year, right? <laughs> Being busy there? I've been busy, busy, and I can't make anything near as good no, as you I helped, can drink here. We, helped, <laughs> yeah. we did help a brew with Cerberus uh, just a couple of yeah, while true. back. We did yeah. partner with one of the, well, one of, a really great brewery really here in the awesome Springs. Yeah. Um, and we oh. made a collaboration beer with them a few weeks ago, so we nice. did a full scale. What'd you do? Brew. Um, so we did a hazy IPA, yeah. of course, but... Uh, I love that. I didn't know you guys mentioned um, like this. It's for a, a friend that passed away that's a very outdoorsy guy, so mm. we threw in spruce tips. So it'll be a spruce cool. tip, hazy IPA, IPA, it'll be ready next week. So yeah, I haven't tried it ever, but I've never tried think? a spruce tip, hazy IPA. Yeah, and back so, to that not. connection of beer and community, yeah. um, we ruined this beer uh, for a scholarship. All the proceeds from this beer will go to a, a scholarship in honor of this uh, gentleman who passed away. So again, you know, beer and community, that's what Kevin is about, that's what we're about, you know. And, uh, but, you know, it's interesting how beer always kind of circles back and community always kind of circles around beer with yeah. us. And, and, uh, but yeah, it's about awesome beer, but it's awesome. It's also about community as well. I love it, it's so key. It's so, so cool, guys. Um, okay, how about this one? Death Row beer and meal pairing. Final beer, <laughs> meal pairing. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, I got mine. You got yours. <laughs> <She's like>, I <laughs> got mine. It's good. Yours. I think I know what yours is. I'm actually. I'm swapping them out. Of course, I love biscuits and gravy. Uh, ooh. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'd have my uh, hopperola and biscuits and gravy. Yeah, I'm Just 13. S- Straightforward. Yeah. Hopefully a six pack. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah six pack. Like yeah. <laughs> You're back to cop and you want biscuits and gravy I could eat. All right. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so we have here, um, and I'm not trying to sell at all, but we have a, a queso, and then we have some andouille sausage, and we don't even sell it this way. So, But you take some andouille sausage, you slice it up, you toast it, and then you put it in the queso, Yeah. and then you have some chips with it with a nice hazy IPA. Mm. That's all you need? Yeah. Mm. I like nice. That. Can you, if, is that off the menu, like the secret menu? Yeah, you can ask for it. Now, can we ask you a question? What would yeah. be your selection on that? What would be your selection? Someone said, when I really like this, I haven't had it before, they would have like an imperial stout and oysters. Mm, um, but I would probably have Jamaican oxtail for, and rice and peas, some plantain, a little bit of the... Uh, what else would you have with that? No, coleslaw. A little bit of coleslaw. Uh-huh. <laughs> Tiff's mom changed my life. <laughs> Best cook I've ever It's incredible. And then you probably, I have to go, I have to go hazy IPA, wouldn't I? It'd be crazy not to. There's a brewery in Toronto called Bellwoods. Uh, I think I was telling you about them before. Yeah. They're next level. So they have this, uh, I probably wouldn't even go with it, but who cares? Um, they have a, uh, a series of uh, milkshake IPAs called Milk Shark. So they have a, a hazy IPA called Witch Shark. Okay. And they just did milkshake when they, uh, they do the, it's literally the best milkshake I've ever had. Granted, I haven't had tired hands like the originators or any on the polo or anything, but um, as far as anything I've had in comparison, these guys are just disgusted with they have lineups every time they do a varietal. They've probably done like 13 different ones now. Wow. 
So if I would probably go, what was the best one? The pink guava version was phenomenal. Never. Oh, they did a mango one too. That's probably a good one. What if, what if you had the pink guava and the mango one? You mm, mixed them. You can't mix. Yeah. You can't mix? No, no, you can't mix. I can't mix? You can't go wrong with mangoes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, no, mango. you're right. I was trying to think of something there. Thank you. <laughs> I don't have answers to all these ones, but you forced well, me. I, like I appreciate that. that. I, I thought you were going to say you. cheese curds or <laughs> some, some very Quebec. <laughs> well, you can't have a good poutine. Oh, now you're testing me. If you had or Quebec. what's the Australian? The, oh, meat pies. Po- no, not yes. just the meat pies, the mashed potatoes. Shepherd's pie. Yeah, Shepherd's pie? No, it's like a it's like a cup with like mashed potatoes and peas That's and British. gravy. It's oh, all the Yorkshire pudding. No, no. I thought it was all it was all along the the coast when I was really? there. With so there's like a meat pie and they don't have the top cover. Oh, maybe so. That's and they have oh. the the mashed peas thing. I don't know. That's not from Melbourne. I don't think. Okay. Or or if it's there. That like was up in Newcastle. Area. Yeah, the Sydney. They're a weird bunch up there, man. <laughs> Shouts to Sydney. God damn, you weird. So they would have those as very British, but the Aussie meat pie. Oh, now you're testing. Yeah. Now see, we have hey. a we have a steak and ale meat pie. We'll maybe have that in a big uh, oil can of flusters. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like Sean's uh, yeah. teenage years. Oh, we had some to eat. Yeah. Some blooming onions. Oh, yeah. 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 Still never had that. I didn't even like onions. Like <laughs> it's ridiculous outback making money off my people. I actually drank a Foster's about a month ago. How bad was it? I was. It, it was okay. It was, it was okay? Yeah. I, I, yeah. It was one of those give me beers. Somebody gave it to me. Yeah. Uh, sometimes, you know what? It's good to come back just to see how good or bad something is. Like, I remember this being terrible. Let's see. Mm-hmm. You yep. need to check. Yeah, man, it was. It was worse. <laughs> I was being nice back in the day. Um, these are still brewing ones. Okay, what's your favorite hop? Uh, mosaic is what I mentioned. It's that's your uh, one. Yeah, anything that's got a mosaic in it. I think. Literally, I mean, you can do Cascade, and Galaxy, yeah, yeah. Australia Hub. Mosaic's a good one. Same Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. Mosaic though, that's the one I can discern the most though. Yeah, Mosaic sort of. Uh, Galaxy is really obvious too. We did a collaboration beer with a, a brewery in um, just north of Toronto. We did an Aussie Hazy Pale IPA with all Aussie hops. So we use Vic Secret Galaxy and Ella. And the Galaxy, which is just how I learned what it tastes like, it was so insanely overwhelming. Like the other hops, you could barely taste them. And I think they were pretty even uh, volume. So Galaxy just, oh wait, now whenever I have a beer, I'm like, oh, it's Galaxy right now. And to the, like, it's a bully, it's a bully hop. <laughs> they just push everyone out, like, no, 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 it's all about me. That's right. But it's really good. Uh, Nelson Sauvain's another really good one too. I think it's the most expensive hop right now. The uh, whiny uh, New Zealand one. They use okay. a lot of the brood IPAs. Oh, yeah, yeah. So those are the new style. Yeah, yeah. Have you brood. had many of those? We, we had three or four on High that. Hops. Oh, yeah. yeah, High Hops uh, had one just uh, a couple days back. They're brute. Good? Yeah. We've got a few in the cooler. I think we've got a GABF one in the cooler. Still. Oh, yeah. And that's interesting. That, uh, you know, uh, trying to introduce uh, uh, um, IPAs to individuals that don't like it. They're like, oh, it's hoppy. And you notice that a lot of times they don't put the IBUs on the information because sometimes that number will discourage somebody from trying it. Yeah. If you look at a lot of the IPAs on our wall, they don't have international business units on there. And, and, and some people are more apt to try that. Right. They see that number high, like, ooh, yeah, already preconceived right. ideal. That's going to be hoppy. Don't try right. it. That's smart. Because I think I'd be using kind of nonsense anyway. They are. They're, 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 not, they're not scientific. So we've actually seen in, only in the nine months we've been open that uh, they are less and less put on the system. Mm. Um, 
and that's because it's a subjective number. I mean, yeah. there's there's some science behind it, but it's not it's not like the level of alcohol that you know. It's this. Yeah. It's kind of we use these hops, and it should be about this bitterness. So. Yeah. I think Weldworks and New Belgian Brewery, I think, are stopping putting their IBUs on in their tasting rooms. Yeah. Um, because again, it, it, they're finding it discourages people from trying that beer hmm. just because of that one number. They have a preconceived idea. I'm not going to like that beer. They already have their mind made up just because of that number. So it definitely is smarter in the interest of uh, people being able to learn more about beer to, to keep it away. I like that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, some people like to see it. Some people see 100 IBU and they're like, yeah, yeah that's more. Like, yeah, <laughs> Someone was, uh, we did a podcast yesterday, Blake from Breckenridge Brewery, and I think he was, he gave an example, I forgot what it was, but he said there was some beer that was like a hazy IPA that had like 120 IBUs. But there's no bit. Pardon? Oh, was it? Oh. Yeah. yeah, and he's like, but there's no bitterness in the damn beer at all. Right. See, it's. So I was like, he goes, it's, uh, that's how you know it's nonsense. So I was right. like, fair enough. Yeah. Um, what does your family think of your job? Um, they're, my family's supportive of us starting this place. Um, it takes a lot more time. Starting a business is hard for anyone, it yeah. takes a lot of time commitment. Luckily, I have Sean and a, another manager that are just amazing. and give me some relief um, but it's a, it's a stressful business so I think it depends on the day sometimes they love it and they're very supportive and other days they're not <laughs> just depends are they beer drinkers then? Uh, no actually my wife uh, does not like she's had some heart problems um, and so alcohol does heart problems do any yeah, so she, she likes it but she tries to avoid it just a smile yeah, so. yeah, go do what you gotta do. Yeah. Okay. Sean, do you have uh, oh, very supportive everybody, yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's not just blood family, but it's uh, I'm I'm a, from the south, we call it a kindred spirit. When you're kin with somebody, you may be closer to them than family, even though you're not blood. And but uh, it's called a kindred, you know, when you're kin with somebody, mm-hmm. you're not necessarily related uh, by blood, but you're related because you're you know, you're just your family yeah. and Kevin being part of the family being a kindred spirit uh, everybody's very supportive yeah just very fortunate to be here and to share uh, what we do with folks in our community I love it you guys got good energy I feel that that people oh, thanks, would uh, you. also thank say you. also vibe off that um, now this is the, the important question okay. that's what we were waiting for what is your favorite adjunct I'm not going to preempt it Okay, okay. Then we'll talk about that in a second. Start. There you go. Do it. Yeah, go ahead, Kevin. Lead us off. <laughs> Hardest question to last, guys. Right. So, I'll, I'll put this out. Okay. So, mango. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good one. <laughs> so we have a. Uh, we talked about milkshake IPAs before. I have a bunch of other beer writer and YouTuber and friends in that little world. We have a little group chat and don't even know how it started, but we came up we started having this fake aggressive like online war about like team lactose and team no lactose so like all of us are like I like them and even the ones I'm on team lactose I'm very very strong about that and these guys are not and even like they don't care but it's just really funny I don't know why we just keep doing it so I've been um, pressuring our podcast guests to give me a definitive answer if you're on team lactose or team no lactose and I would hope that you would consider it as your favorite adjunct you don't have to mention, but just consider it. <laughs> no lactose. No? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm growing and learning, but no, for me so far. I have not found 
uh, an outer range hazy or an odd 13 or some of these hazies over a milkshake one, the lactose just, I can't explain. It just changes it, changes it enough that it doesn't work for me. You know what? I'm not mad at you. I feel like, I feel like you, you're growing. <laughs> yeah. It's only been nine months here. And we'll, we'll get you there. I have faith. But we still buy them. We still put them on the wall. And they're great, great cool word to put up. Milkshake. But the kids love them. Yeah. So I'll, I'll go out on a limb and say, hazy to here to stay, milkshake's a fat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> heard ah. Wow. I mean, could, I honestly, could be <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. Do you have a favorite adjunct? Sorry, because I just wanted to put words in both of your mouths briefly. No. Didn't work? You don't have a favorite adjunct? No? no? You just don't care? No. Just put haze in my beer, I'm good? Yeah. 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 Works. Haze. Haze? Yeah. I wish haze was an adjunct. Because <laughs> put haze in. Chuck some haze in there. <laughs> and also, Sean, like, don't, please don't avoid the question. <laughs> are you, are you, which team are you on? And it's okay. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, think I'm, I think I'm on Team Lactose. So yeah. Yes, one of one. You know what? I'm cool with that. One of each. <laughs> I'll take it. Okay, good. Lactose is uh, very hit or miss, though, in all honesty. Like, it's like if it works, like I had one uh, early today, mm-hmm. it, wasn't, it wasn't fantastic. Um, just too much. It was too sweet. But if you get it just right, it's. Uh, my friend, actually, funnily enough, the guy on the main guy on the team, no lactose. He, he described it as icing sugar. I actually said it was like, what's the word? Like off. What's the word for off? Just like old icing sugar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't it's ag- got a little bit of a. Yeah, I don't know. I don't agree with the off thing, but like I, I definitely have, get icing sugar. But it's like depends how much you put in. Some people just get a bit heavy-handed with the old lactose, and it doesn't do the beer any favors. Right. So if it's at the right level, like I feel like it can be. Uh, Benefit to the beer, benefit. you know, the bit of the mouthfeel yeah. and uh, stuff like that. Like some of the other half. Have you guys had the other half from New York? No, no. They're like out of it. They're like, do you know them? No. Oh shit. Okay. Um, from my understanding, maybe it's regional. Maybe just because we're northeast. Like they're like the the haze gods yeah, yeah, okay. of the U.S. would love them. Colorado's kind of unique in the fact that um, because we have so much, a lot of places won't distribute. Them. So there's some that we just don't know about. No, you no, they don't distribute. Period. Oh, okay. Anyway, no, they just like straight brew pub in Brooklyn. Like, oh. um, but they come to some of the beer festivals. We've been we were there a couple of weeks ago. Okay, they, yeah. they would have to be. You know, I've got the app. We can find out. I want to actually check. Um, the they basically um, we'll find them it's there oh yeah you need honestly like after all this talk <laughs> they, I'm very happy at the very least a lot of uh, people aren't as passionate about haze as I am and I appreciate so I'm cool with the with the lack of lactose love mm-hmm. because the haze love more than makes up for it right, right, right. <laughs> um, and what we'll do we have a, a milkshake we just pulled off to put on a GABF one so right when we're done we'll actually retap that one so the can, milkshake yeah, it's a pineapple milkshake. pineapple milkshake yeah from yeah. who it's Pike's Beat Brewing, yeah. actually. Yeah? And you're not feeling it? Uh, that one's okay. Yeah. I, but I, some of these other ones I drink more. I'm not saying I hate it. I'm just saying it's not the quite. No, look, totally. It doesn't top like, the style. 100% understood. Um, I'm trying to see. Here we go. Other half. I guess this is a list of breweries here. Oh, they're not there? Oh, come on. Not a GABF. That's, I was actually kind of hoping to get some more. Um, Anyway, they just they have some hazy ones. I didn't even realize they're not advertised as a milkshake IPA, but they have like a series of like Daydream or something, and it's got lactose in it. And like, I'm like, oh yeah, you can. It's just that, just the right amount, a little bit of smoothness. And maybe my problems, my expectation, like first time I saw a milkshake IPA, I was like, like oh, what is that? Mm-hmm. Like so excited, and I drank oh. it, and I just didn't meet my. Mm-hmm. 
If I had just gone in blind, maybe, but I had this expectation mm, of a that's fair. like a smoothie milkshake IPA thing going on. Do you remember without calling out the brewery necessarily? Do you remember the one that you had that no, didn't live up to it? No, I think <laughs> I think we we had the opposite. We had a really good one. I think it was like a, a milkshake. If I'm not mistaken, which is phenomenal, like from Bellwood. So okay. it was like that was the first one. So uh, I like, just had like a, a really average IPA. I would say today, IPA yeah. Now, so. No, it was just it wasn't the right balance. It's like because all about balance, you can ruin a lactose beer real right. quick. Milkshake um, IPA sets really high expectations in my head, and it should because <laughs> it's fun. It's great. Right. Do you feel actually like sort of side question? Do you feel do you, are you had like, clearly you probably are into it, but. Some people in beer like don't really like the fun. They like don't know beer. It actually tastes like beer and stuff. Uh, but you guys seem pretty oh, like. Yeah. yeah, we order. I mean, so when we order our kegs, we get, we look at which ones are rated the best and some of that. But sometimes we buy the keg. It's just weird. Like it'll be like, toasted marshmallow peanut butter. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, um, okay. It doesn't doesn't upset you? No. Now you're like, all right, let's do it. No, sometimes you watch there's a lot of the breweries I, I keep a watch on a lot of the breweries and sometimes when they're making beer and some of the stuff they throw into the wart like donuts and bacon and stuff yeah. like that and you're like whoa but <laughs> a little weird but to taste it when it's all done and it's alcohol and it's all clean it's, it's fun I remember the brewery had the name of their beer was beer that's all the name of their beer was beer and it was a, a lager but didn't have much it was just straightforward lager no frills, no nothing, but mm. in their description, it just said beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I like something about that is kind of funny, and I like that that uh, like lagers, pilsners, like dry hop lagers and pilsners, especially, are coming back. Yeah, yeah. it's very cool. It's uh, I feel like it's like clearly we're all have a relatively similar palate, but you go through the you know, you start drinking European lagers and American lagers or whatever, and you move to ambers and then to some whatever, IPAs, porters and stouts, and you get into the haze and the sours, the crazy stuff, and you come back around, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm finding myself uh, gravitating towards those lighter styles right now, because not from the fatigue of the haze and stuff, but... It does wear on you after all. It does, right? Yeah. And, and just to appreciate the nuances of a well-made, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. traditional beer like that. I yeah. like something light and crisp every now and then. Yeah. It's easy drinking, light, crisp, you know? Especially like a midday or, you know, I don't want something too 10 heavy. 10 a.m., you just have finished breakfast. Just want something yeah. like goes down nice and Right after my biscuits and gravy. <laughs> <laughs> it's for the fruit beers and... Uh, yeah, it's the cereal beer. Yeah. There's some sours that'll work for that. Yeah, right? It just, just goes with the breaking. They had a, uh, funny enough, I had a uh, Fruit Loops milkshake IPA. Mm, and they wow. dump uh, Fruit Loops in the fermenter. I've seen one online. Yeah. I haven't tasted it. Was, it wasn't too bad. I think they, they did it again this year. I had it last year. Well, I reckon they probably dialed it in. It was probably good this year. It's fascinating when you do things like that. Yeah. yeah. I love it. The so one cool. that's super popular, that Weldworks one, they're always, I mean, people make jokes. There's like a picture of the, the grocery store aisle and it's got like the little Debbies and the, all that stuff. And they're like, looks like the Weldworks uh, beer lineup. Because <laughs> they just do. They'll take like little W things and throw in one, or they'll take cinnamon rolls and just, just chuck them all in. Yeah, they just keep playing around. And I, mean, I think it ferments and it brings flavor to it. Yeah. Stuff like, probably messy to clean up, but it's not our problem. Local for uh, the Jolly Ranchers. I had a Jolly Rancher. Oh, yeah. and they put it in? They actually uh, use Jolly Ranchers? Jolly so Ranchers they... in, their, in their beer, yeah. That's Local sick. for, they're out of Littleton, Colorado. But. Okay. Yeah, that's fascinating. Someone told me the other day I was sort of uh, 
fake arguing on the internet with uh, on the BOS page with an actual great guy in Vermont who runs a cider company there and he's not into it at all like he likes the haze because Vermont is about that but he was like he sent me a link and this is brewery I didn't look into it in detail but they put frozen pizzas and money money like cash that's wrong and I feel like that's kind of disgusting that is disgusting <laughs> so like that's where dirt dirty money a little chewy you know, right you're going down I wanted to uh, I was just like I had to keep arguing for it just because I was in that vibe I probably came across aggressive but I was like I don't know why, why not put money in your beer I mean because it'd be fermented out. Like all the grossness, all the homeless would be like... Yeah. like the, okay. No, that's all the, all the crap would come off it, wouldn't it? From the alcohol and the fermenting yeah. process. The worst one I ever had was that it was like a rum raisin and they soured it. And it was just... That sounds weird. Yeah. It's, it just didn't work at all. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about that rum and raisin. It's soured. soured. Yeah. It just tasted like soured. <laughs> just, just sour. <laughs> sour <laughs> rotten fruit. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes if things don't work, they just don't work. Right. But what I do, and I, I, I think this is really important, is I don't like um, limits on creativity right. in anything yeah. in life. Yeah. Right. And if people, uh, you know, genuinely people who just think beer should be beer, make it, like one of my friends, I, I think he's serious, he has like, make IPAs clear again and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And like, I, I just don't like that because I don't like the... If you put something in a box and it can't grow, and I think the whole point of this is to let the creativity grow. And you know what? Sometimes they'll put money and frozen pizza in, but then sometimes they'll do something fantastic and it'll, like, like a brewed IPA, because of experimentation, might be the next thing. It might not. Right. But and, it could go. And I think that's, I mean, we, we let people taste a bunch of different things, but a lot of my background is from IT and there's a, it's innovation. It's always trying, it's the whole idea of innovations. You rapidly try things and it's, it's, Fail, fail fast, fail often, um, and but you try a bunch of things, and then when you get something, and I think beer alone, I mean, sours, farmhouses, IPAs, none of those would have come around if someone wasn't playing around, and now they've yep. become staples of beer. So, so you play around, and then you go, you do what? You milkshake your IPAs, <laughs> yeah. and then it becomes a the first person to do it. Everyone thinks they're crazy, and then eventually, if it can grow into become a full style. Hundred percent, and I guess in a, in a place like this, it's kind of the, the genuinely part of the fun, like the experimental stuff. You come here, and if you're uh, you know you haven't had it, you want to be able to try something different off the wall, as well as have something classic that you're comfortable right. with. Exactly. And then it's great for your business model to have that level of experimentation and sort of just. I think the key word is fun. Yeah, in, in yeah. A, and having fun, just kind of you know, I use that term, thinking out of that box, thinking out of what I like getting out of my comfort zone, trying things a little at a time, whether it be the peanut, pineapple, stout, or whatever it may be, you know, yeah. but being able to try a little <laughs> bit of that and to say, yeah, I like it, or no, I don't like it. You know? Right. But just that it exists is yeah. fun. And I guess right. at the end of the day, it's beer, it's alcohol. Right. Why do we do it? Because we're going to have fun. Yeah. Right. Or we want to, whatever. But mostly to have fun. Sure. Yeah. And that's what it's about. And like, you know, I, I experience it. new things, new tastes, new... Yeah, and, and having fun in the process. That's yeah. it. And that's what exactly what you guys are doing. It's fantastic. Yeah. Gentlemen, that was great. Thank you yeah, so much for uh, having you. us. That was awesome. Fantastic. Where can our viewers and listeners find you guys online? 
So uh, www.trailsintaproom.com um, or facebook.com slash trailsintaproom. Are you on Instagram and Twitter? We and are stuff? on Instagram also. Trails um, in Taproom? Trails in Taproom. Great. Yeah. Consistent handles. Very key. Yeah, yeah. Very key. Do you have personal pages you want people to follow? Or keep it to the business? Our business. Uh, business. Keep it business. Yeah, I like that. We, hey, just in case. We're personal. You can find us always here. So. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. <laughs> so come down. Um, What's it? What, what's this area called again? I know we said we were joking uh, about the no man's land. No man's land. Like, what's yeah. it going to be? Slash it's West Side. We're kind of the West, west side. side. We're in between West Side and Manitou Springs. Yes. And while it's kind of no man's land, the county and the city have kind of uh, borderlines. Actually, the creek back here. One side's county, one side's city. Right. So we're kind of no man's land. So the West Side's probably the best way to West describe side, it. Yeah. yeah. If you go to the West Side of Carter Springs, we're you're out here. That's where we are. If you're hiking, if you're uh, biking, if you're doing any sort of fun thing outside, winter, summer, doesn't matter what uh, season. You literally can't get to the mountains from Car Springs without driving by here. So, so you'd be remiss <laughs> to not come through and pour yourself a goddamn beer. Exactly. That's it. Well, guys, thank you again. Thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you enjoyed the episode, mate, smash the thumbs up, bam, hit subscribe below, and hit the notification bell, ding, so you know when new episodes drop. Follow us on social media at BAWS Podcast and check out the long form audio so you can hear very attractive gentlemen like Kevin and Sean right here and pour your own beers. Um, on uh, where everywhere Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your talkie audio. That is it, guys. Thank you for watching. We'll see you in the next one. Cheers. Peace. Peace.